3: is the Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.
4: Good morning and welcome to Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. It's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. The Cardinals had the day off from Major League Baseball yesterday, but the season didn't end. So that's a positive, Michelle. we got to be happy about this. we got a game tonight.
0: We've got a game tonight, Randy. Baseball is still on, so yeah. it's, a, it's a good Tuesday here in St. Louis. It's
4: not going anywhere. It's just the Marlins.
0: <laughs> it would be Florida, right? Yeah. I mean, not to make light of a situation. Florida but, man. I mean, come on. Yeah. It, 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 we knew, If we had to guess, if we were going to wager, I mean, Florida's a pretty big hot spot, no?
4: Yeah, it is. Yesterday, when we left, we thought it was 14 players from the Marlins that had tested positive. Jeff Passon amended that pretty soon after we got off the air that it had been 11 Marlins players and two coaches that tested positive. And their game against Baltimore was obviously postponed last night. So it was the Yankees' game against Philadelphia because the Marlins have played Philadelphia. And as a matter of fact, the Marlins stayed in Philadelphia. The Miami game against the Orioles tonight has also been postponed. But the baseball season will go on. Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, asked last night by Tom Verducci on MLB Network if they even thought about canceling the season.
5: No, there really wasn't. We talked about the situation. I think most of the owners realize that we built protocols anticipating that we would have positive tests at some point during the season, that the protocols were built in order to allow us to continue to play through those positives. And I think there was support for the notion that um, we believe um, that the protocols are adequate to keep our players safe.
4: What he really meant Those protocols were built to help us protect our $800 million (laughs) in postseason money.
0: Oh, is that the translator? Yeah. Thank you for deciphering that for me because I couldn't really understand what he was saying. So I'm glad that you were able to figure it out and say, oh, it's about money. However... I'm glad that they're powering through. I think that, you know, we got a taste of baseball the first weekend of baseball, and to think that it would get shut down after five days was, you know, a punch to the gut for a lot of people. And I know they do have a lot of money at stake, but it does seem like, given some of the positive tests that teams saw within summer camp,
4: Brought to you by Camping World. Thank you. I just wanted to yeah, get, have you. you get that in because yeah, we haven't heard
0: we haven't heard that in a while. So, yeah. um, but it, because teams have dealt with positive tests, they do have the protocols and the infrastructure in place internally to deal with that. Now we haven't seen an outbreak to this magnitude. We haven't seen games canceled. We haven't seen how that's going to affect the scheduling and things like that. We're still awaiting the the full word on what's happening in Philadelphia. So I think that there's still probably decisions to be made here, but. I I kind of agree with them. I kind of agree with them that they do have the protocols in place to continue to push forward. Now, I I think that this this one incident in Miami can be reconciled if this were the Yankees or if this were the Dodgers or if this were perhaps the Cubs I think that these conversations might be different
4: there's absolutely no doubt about that in my mind I know that that baseball's not going to say that they're going to say we treat everybody equally but nobody's going to know the difference if the Marlins have uh who Mag Sierra in center field, or Bob Smith, they're going to know. Most fans are Maybe the Marlins fans will. Or if you have a, a Mag Sierra on a fantasy team, you might know. But for the most part, if nobody had ever said that the Marlins were going to ter- turn over 10 players on their roster, and you just wind up playing them, nobody has. And by the way, only the Eastern Com- Division teams play them this year. Here in St. Louis, 99% of the people would have no idea. That's that right. They flipped it out. They, they changed it.
0: Do you think Major League Baseball was more concerned about the scheduling aspect of this? How they were going to figure out ways to make this up?
4: I would think that there's part of that because they only have the six off days. And especially because for most of the teams there are multiple series. For example, Miami's going to play the Yankees in August or September. They're going to play the Red Sox in August or September. Mm -hmm. All four of their games against Baltimore were in a row. So not only do you have to work within the Marlins schedule, but the Orioles schedule as well. And again, the Orioles, with all due respect, are a team that isn't going to win. Right. So you, you don't really have to worry about it. I did think it was interesting that David Price, and he had the ability to opt out, and he did. He said, quote, part of the reason I'm at home right now is because players' health wasn't being put first. I can see that hasn't changed. And he is totally entitled to his belief, and he probably is right. Right. But that being said, there are a lot of players, Michelle, obviously, that like ownership, they want to power through and play, too. What was their thing? When and where? Mm -hmm. They they just wanted to play.
0: Do you think that's changed a little bit, though, Randy? Because if I was a Major League Baseball player right now and I was watching how quickly Mm -hmm. this virus has infiltrated a team and taken out 10-plus players and coaches, and now they're going to be... You know, quarantined for how long, and you still don't know the full extent as to how many people were impacted by this, yeah, I would be really nervous, especially when we're hearing reports that the Marlins were following the protocols, very strict. Uh, you know, They were being very strict in the way that they were approaching their day-to-day. It's not like a Lou Williams situation. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a group of guys out at Magic City. So yeah, I would be really nervous if I was a player.
4: Being a male that at one point was in his mid-20s, though, I don't think that those guys are worried about that. Because... 25 year old men think that they're physically invincible and they are of the belief, I'm sure that these Marlins guys that have COVID right now say, I'll be fine in seven days. They're worried about it at all,
0: and they probably will. Yeah. But they're also not in a bubble. They're going right. home to their families. They're, they're. I mean, obviously not now if if they test positive. But the people who are still playing—that's what I would be worried about. While I, physically as a as a professional athlete, if I tested positive, would most likely be fine and get back to work in a few days. I would be worried about if I was asymptomatic and I didn't know it yet, and I was around my family or, or perhaps in contact with other people who may be older. That's what I would that's- be the about.
4: biggest part of it and i i would think that somebody like david price would wonder after three positive tests and a meeting on sunday what the heck were the marlins doing playing against philadelphia again here's manfred
5: really what happened was there was testing on friday one positive on saturday testing again on saturday and the three additional positives on Sunday. What then happened under the protocols was we did contact tracing um, on all four positives. There was, I think, a small number of players who met the CDC guidelines. They were quarantined. We ordered additional testing. We did symptom checks. Um, We did temperature checks and decided to proceed with the game on, on Sunday. I
4: don't know if that's the best move they could have made.
0: But that's what they're going to have to do because of the delay in testing. If you're tested on a Saturday and you're not getting your results until Sunday, how many people within the confines of baseball or not are you coming into contact with when you could be testing positive for covid and not be aware of it until the next day we talked about this when they when they first had this issue all over fourth of july weekend how this was going to be a problem if you weren't getting testing and getting cleared before you went out to play and
4: this is why and i understand that everything probably came about while the marlins were still in miami but as much as teams can they have to build their own bubble whether, especially on the road, they have to build their own bubble and do everything you can, humanly possible at home, to have a bubble as well. It is amazing how perception has changed, though. How all of sports was shut down when Rudy Gobert, one guy, tested positive for the Oklahoma City Thunder on March 12th. And now you've got 14 members, uh, 13 members of the Marlins organization. And baseball kept playing, and they're talking about the Marlins playing tomorrow.
0: Well, I think we know more about the virus and we yep. know more about how it impacts different people. At that time, it was it was brand new. We didn't know what the severity would be for different mm. age groups, etc. And it was a very scary thing. So, yeah, when Rudy Gobert touches a million microphones and is around his teammates and then tests positive, everybody freaks out. But in this situation, there is a lot on the line. They've spent months trying to reboot boot this thing. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of money at stake. And not that there wasn't when they shut down the NBA prior, but I think now we have a better handle on how to manage this, you know, whether, whether it will be managed, that remains to be seen, but we have a better idea of how to attempt to manage it.
4: How do they go forward? Here's Chris Singleton of ESPN.
2: What does baseball need? We need some quiet next couple of days and not quiet because they're covering something up um, as far as tests testing coming back or quiet because you know it's taken a little while to get tests back just quiet with what we had last week uh when the reports were uh so encouraging
6: that testing was was going the results were coming back and we weren't seeing the positive tests
4: and so i think that gave everyone a lot of uh, of hope uh do you want me to be jerk randy here
0: i mean if you must
4: cardinals aren't playing the marlins <laughs> I'm not worried about them. I'm not worried about the East. I'm just worried about the Cardinals. They play the Twins tonight. Twins haven't had any issues.
0: Well, I'm I'm worried that they're playing the Twins.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm worried about the baseball part of it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, and the the team that hit 300
0: home runs. Yeah, a lot of power there, Randy.
4: And baseball, and you talk to people involved in the sport, and uh, you use the word power through, and I think that's their overarching thought process today, Michelle, is that They, like Rob Manfred said, we kind of expected that we would have something, probably not this dramatic, but we built in protocols and we have the 60-man rosters. And sure, it's not great for the team that has to deal with it. It's bad for the team that has to deal with it. But they, hey, wanted to go sunshine lollipops. There's some young Marlins players that are getting major league experience and they get to evaluate them. Dom Mattingly gets to see some players that he ordinarily wouldn't have had an opportunity to see.
0: But, as we talked about with Dan McLaughlin yesterday during our segments with him, this then presents a whole bunch of issues with with the front office, about starting guys' clocks and about uh, service time, about bringing players up who aren't necessarily re- ready to be brought up because you have to fill a void. i would I would not want to be in the Marlins front office for, for res- a multitude yeah. of reasons, but I'll, especially right now.
4: all due respect to our friends at the Marlins. and it's not Derek Jeter's fault. But for years, that organization pocketed revenue sharing money for years. They pocketed money from other owners that had been given to them. So if they have to start a clock on somebody ahead of time, so be it.
0: But we wouldn't be thinking that same thought process if it was here in St. Oh, Louis.
4: Well, let's look at it this way. If there, God forbid, was a positive test that caused the Cardinals to have to start Dylan Carlson's clock, I think everybody would love it.
0: Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be complaining. <laughs> So we just have to put it in perspective here. I love how we can take anything and spin it in a positive way. Hey, It's our true gift, Randy. <laughs>
4: we we, we uh, smile through a pandemic here I mean, at you know, and Smallman. We do On 101 ESPN. Coming up here on Carriker and Smallman, if this outbreak isn't going to cause Major League Baseball to shut things down, then what is? That's next on 101 ESPN.
3: We're right back to the Character and Smallman Podcast on 101 ESPN.
4: When Michelle and I left the air yesterday at 10 a.m., we kind of had the feeling Well, I'll say this, we were both negative, and I think we both kind of had the feeling (laughs) that we had seen our last baseball game for 2020, right? I, I felt that way.
0: It was more me emotionally preparing myself. Yeah. I didn't want that to happen. Of course, I want baseball to continue on. I want, you know, us to see this through. But when you get word, obviously the number had changed, but we were thinking 14 members Mm -hmm. of the Marlins at that point, and we still hadn't heard anything about the Phillies. And I thought because of the way the virus spread so rapidly, there's probably no way that, that someone in Philadelphia, if not multiple players and or coaches were also affected. I just anticipated that there was going to be a big, big ripple effect and was mentally preparing myself to be bummed out.
4: Yeah, I was too. And fortunately for us, because we're fans and we want to see games, mm-hmm. they're going to move forward. And Buster Olney, who is the one who said, hey, we have a 5% chance of finishing this season, he's done an about-face. He said, eh, well, 11 Marlins testing positive. This is not going to come close to shutting this
6: down uh, for Major League Baseball. As one general manager said to me, look, this is a business and these guys are going to plow ahead. It's why they created these 60-player pools where you could draw extensively from other players. The Marlins, as you guys have seen today, also reaching out to people outside the organization. And to underscore this point, um, just you know how much they're going to treat it like a business. In 1995, uh, 29 of the 30 baseball owners were willing to put Class A and A players out and replacement players as a major league product. So the idea that this situation is going to be derailed because they're concerned about the quality of play with a
7: number of players being taken off the field, don't worry about that.
4: That's a good point. They did try that ill-fated replacement player item in spring training, but it didn't work out very well.
0: To see that baseball is going to treat this like a business – and not be concerned about the human aspect of this is unsurprising after we had months and months of players and owners squabbling about money and nary a word, Randy, about health and safety. No,
4: nothing. And, hey, this is to be expected as we get a text from the 618. Players and owners both put money first in negotiations before player safety. And, yes, they do because they all ultimately want their money. So the schedule going forward, Commissioner Rob Manfred.
5: Well, our first concern, obviously, is the health of the players and their families and making sure that we do everything possible to minimize the spread of the virus among our employees. We've been fortunate so far. We've done tens of thousands of tests. Our positive rate has been 0.4 percent. So we feel like the protocols have worked pretty well. Notwithstanding that fact, we have made some decisions. The Miami Marlins will not play their two games in Miami tonight and tomorrow. We're doing some additional testing. If the testing results are acceptable, the Marlins will resume play in Baltimore on Wednesday against the Orioles.
4: And realistically speaking, again, does it really matter if the Marlins play 58 games or 60 and the Orioles? No. You you have one of the two worst teams in baseball in Baltimore and a team that has really no chance in Miami. Aside from the group of fans in Miami, you you often use the term laundry. That's really all anybody would be rooting for if they're rooting for the Marlins. You, who's their star player? Right? Derek Jeter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, you that's a situation where you're literally lo- rooting for the laundry. So if it's one of the players from the pool that comes up, and plays, or if it's one of the guys that we know, Sandy Alcantara or Mag Sierra, it doesn't really, in the big scheme of things, matter because that team doesn't have a chance. The, the only real issue is the competitive integrity for that game where they might beat the Nationals or the Mets on a given evening. If they win 24 games, maybe 24, but that might d- determine whether or not they succeed in uh, those teams, the Mets, Nationals, in going to the playoffs or not. But I don't think it's, from a competitive standpoint, that big of a deal.
0: What if it was the Phillies, Randy?
4: Then it'd be different. Yeah, if it's the Phillies, if it's the Mets, if it's the Braves, if it's the Yankees, if it's the Rays, all of those teams. If it's the Cardinals, if it's the Cubs, if it's the Reds, if it's the Pirates, no big deal. But... There are a handful of non-competitive teams, and two of them happen to be involved with the situation right now.
0: So if this exact same scenario had played out within the Dodgers locker, or in the Dodgers clubhouse in their organization, you think we shut down?
4: It's a much, much, much bigger story. Because the Dodgers have, like, 40 really good players, maybe not with them, but I think there are teams where you would look at it, especially if you're in a hot spot, where you'd say, okay, that's a competitive... If you just... Look at what I'm trying to think of a team now. I guess the Dodgers pro- are probably as hot a spot as you're going to find. So maybe the Dodgers, because, it, and it would depend on what Dodgers players, really.
0: That's what I was going to ask next. What if it's Mookie Betts? What yeah. if it's Cody Bellinger? What if this happened in New York and it's Stanton and it's Judge? It's Garrett Cole? Well, you know, I, I then I think baseball has a difficult decision to make because. Then we're not talking about eh, well, it's the Marlins then we're talking about these are your star right. players the the uh lore to your game. what are you going to do?
4: That would be a nightmare situation for Rob Manfred. Is the Marlins situation a nightmare
5: situation? I don't put this in the nightmare category. I mean obviously, we don't want any player to get exposed. Um, it's, it's, it's not a positive thing, but I don't see it as a nightmare. We built the protocols to allow us to continue to play. That's why we have the expanded rosters. That's why we have the pool of uh, additional players. And, um, we think we can keep people safe and continue to play.
4: So Michelle and I talked about what it would take to shut down a season. Maybe it would be the Dodgers. Rob Manfred, what would it take for MLB to cancel the 2020 campaign?
5: A team. Uh, losing a number of players that rendered it completely non-competitive would be an issue that that we would have to address and have to think about making um, a, a change, um, whether that was shutting down a part of the season, um, the whole season, that depends on the circumstances. Same thing with respect to league-wide. You know, you get to a certain point league-wide where it does become a health threat, and we certainly would shut down at that point.
4: I think we're right here because you don't need to render the Marlins' Non-competitive. They've rendered themselves non-competitive. So I think what we're looking at, Michelle, is what we're talking about. If it's the Dodgers and it's Betts and Bellinger and Walker Bueller and Urias and Justin Turner and among those eleven players, the Dodgers, who are one of the best teams in baseball, are rendered non-competitive. That's the situation that shuts down baseball.
0: But there's still a lot of money at play here, even if yeah. it's the Dodgers. So I'm I don't wonder if it would be. A nightmare. That would be a nightmare scenario from ha- for Manfred in baseball from a PR perspective, but they would probably still want to push on. I would imagine.
4: You'd think that the ownership of the Dodgers would, because like you say, there is a ton of money on the line and we always follow the money in sports, in life. If you follow the money, that's going to give you the answer that you're looking for.
0: Here's the real question, Randy. One of these teams that actually has a shot to win the World Series, that is a favorite to win. Mm -hmm. The owners, what are they going to do if, let's say, it's the Dodgers, and 11 of your star players are out, and you feel competitively as if you're taking a major hit that's Mm -hmm. going to hinder you from winning a World Series? Let's say this happens at the end of September.
4: This happens at the end of September. Thank you,
0: Randy. Mm -hmm. So then all of a sudden we're having a different conversation because it could affect postseason play. But as an owner, what's more important to you? The money? Or the competition being disrupted, and you might not, you entering the postseason not having the best chance to win.
4: My thought is that 30 of 30 owners are going to be concerned more about the money. Agreed. And there are going to be people that would like to win the World Series, but. If it came down to a choice between getting that trophy at the end of October or getting that cut of the 800000000 million, they're going to take the cut of the $800 million.
0: I was going to say, those checks still cash regardless of who's wearing the uniform.
4: Yeah. Now, uh, let's play mean character in Smallman. Oh man, We get to pick a team that's devastated at the end of September with the Cardinals being in the playoffs.
0: This is bad karma, Randy. If we do this, you realize that we are putting it out there for other people to do this to the Cardinals. Sure. Bad juju.
4: Yeah, I know. Uh, Dodgers.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, they're they're a team certainly in the Cardinals' way of winning. Ooh, that's good. So, the Dodgers. So, it has to be a National League team.
4: Yeah, because we're going to the World Series. Sure,
0: of course. (laughs) Uh, I was trying to think of a team in the Central that I think might be... Uh, most prohibitive to the Cardinals, but we really don't have that sample size yet.
4: Not yet, no. You know,
0: the Reds didn't look that great. we are talking
4: Reds or Cubs. Opening
0: weekend, I mean, the Cubs didn't look great last night. No. Um, I mean, I guess if you have to pick, maybe the Cubs. They are your rival. Yeah, they are. But I just don't know if they pose a bigger threat than the Reds. This is a tough thing to choose. So why there. don't I just pick the Dodgers, too? Because we know that they're going to be a threat, <laughs> without a doubt.
4: Yeah. So, uh...
0: Oh, oh, oh. Sorry, I got really excited. No, this is good. What about the Rockies? And then they're rendered non-competitive. And then Nolan Arenado Ooh. wants out even more.
4: So we want this to happen in a couple of weeks, like <laughs> the middle of August.
0: We are the devil, right? Yeah, we are. <laughs> we are evil. Hey, we're evil. Hey. but they'll be okay, and no one's. Oh yeah, no one's asymptomatic. Gonna be fine. fine. It's just
4: going to be a couple of weeks, and then they'll be back and playing. It's, they just won't have Arenado. <laughs> and we will. <laughs> Hey, the Blues play a game tomorrow. We're getting ready for Blues hockey here on 101 ESPN. And if you had a chance to put together a power ranking of the top four teams in the West, who would it be? Where would the Blues fall? That's next on 101 ESPN. We are right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101
3: ESPN. <laughs>
4: The Blues with a pre-season, well, an exhibition game tomorrow against the Blackhawks, 4.30 with the pregame here on 101 ESPN. The action with Curbs and Joey at 5.30 from Edmonton, and then the Blues will play their round-robin first game on Sunday afternoon, also at 5.30 here on 101 ESPN. Three round-robin games before The actual Stanley Cup playoffs start, and while the Blues are playing round robin games, the bottom eight teams of the twelve that made the playoffs in the NHL's Western Conference will be playing against each other. So you'll have four series going at once. But Michelle and I are going to focus here on the top four seeds and our confidence levels in the the teams that are playing among st louis dallas vegas and colorado michelle why don't you start with what you have in terms of confidence points four for the most then three two one for these four teams
0: okay so let's start with our st louis blues randy Yes. Okay, I have a, a confidence level out of four. Honestly, I would give them a five if I could, <laughs> but that's not the scale we're five working Five out of four. With. Five out of four. And I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but when you think about this team, there really are no questions. The only questions that I have about the Blues and their chances for success are about health. It's about injuries, and it's a, it's about adjusting yourself back to the speed that they're going to, which is questions that are facing every team that are entering this situation. But they're healthy. They have Vladimir Tarasenko returning. We saw this this past season that they haven't missed a beat after they've won the Stanley Cup, and they're hungry and ready to go. So I have all the confidence in the world in the Blues as they enter this uh, return to play in the Stanley Cup playoffs.
4: I'm with you. I have the Blues as four and the reasoning is pretty much the same. I I think that they're really good at knowing how to win. And it's hard to put a finger on this or a description, but the blues are just good at winning. They know regardless of what the scenario is heading into a third period, if they're down two nothing Mm -hmm. and we saw it last year against Winnipeg, we've seen it a ton this season. They find ways to win games that other hockey teams don't. And that, comes from their demeanor from their mentality from their coach and so I have ultimate confidence and I really believe that a refresh to Jordan Biddington is going to be sensational for the blues
0: do you think we're getting too excited
4: no I, how can you be? you've got the Stanley Cup champions
0: i I agree I actually agree I think that it's a rational and pragmatic approach to looking at this team they have such balance on this mm-hmm. team and they have the right demeanor. They have the goaltending. They have the defense. They have the 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 sniper back and Vladimir Tarasenko. They re- there really is no hole in their game. And you think about their heavy physical style of play yep. and teams that are going to be facing the Blues who haven't felt that or experienced that in a while. I, I don't know. I, I, and they're very close. From a mental standpoint, dealing with this hub situation, being away from their families, the yeah. unity that and the chemistry that this team has is going to work to their advantage.
4: They are set up best for that. Michelle, I give the... Dallas Stars, three confidence points, the second most. And there are a couple of reasons. Number one, Ben Bishop. He's been to a finals before. I know that he's older, but if ever there was a goalie that could benefit from a rest heading into a postseason, it's Ben Bishop. They added Joe Pavelski, who's a great leader, a great fit for that team. Jamie Benn, as much as we hate him here in St. Louis, is built for playoff hockey. Sagan is terrific. I know they lost Roman Polak, but they still have a really good group Of young defensemen that they can go with. So, and by the way, I think that uh, they've done, Rick Bonus has done a really good job as their coach. They kind of gotten back into a groove when play stopped. So I like Dallas as my number three
0: interesting. Who's your number three? My number three is the Colorado Avalanche, Randy. This is the team that scares me the most. When we talk about depth on the Blues, the Avs have that as well. They have tremendous depth on that team. And this is a team that was right nipping at the Blues heels the entire regular season. They were a constant threat. And now, just like the Blues, they had dealt with some injuries and they're healthy. They're returning um, healthy, refreshed, ready to go, which is scary for me. And I was reading last night about their mentality as they head into this, and they are supremely confident. McKinnon said, we have no weaknesses. We, we are going into this, and we are going to win. They, they feel like uh, a team that's mentally ready to come out and bring it, which is scary to me.
4: They really do have great frontline talent. They'll get Kadri back. They get Philip Grubauer, their goaltender, back. And by the way, Grubauer was good for Washington two years ago in the playoffs. They're very well coached, and they're a major threat. My question about them is... And I'm going goalies here, and so uh, that's why I go with Colorado as my number one because I really have questions about Grubauer being able to play high, at a high level for these entire two months. We all had the same questions about Jordan Binnington last year, and he hadn't done it, but now he has. Uh, Mark andre Fleury has done it. Uh, ben Bishop has done it. Because Grubauer hasn't, that's why I have Colorado as my number one. One confidence point. As talented as they are. One confidence know, point? Out of the four, yep. I, I've Woo. got them as my my fourth ranked in my power rankings. As good as they are, I believe the other three teams in the West the, the, that are playing in the round robin, I think they're built better for playoff hockey.
0: Wow. So, hope, I, hope you're right I hope I hope you are right because I'm concerned too. about them. And Colorado so.
4: is it's a well put together team. They've got a lot of really good things uh about them. But they don't have the kind of size that the Blues or a heavy team like or, or even Dallas has. Uh they've only got two forwards that are over uh no they've got more than that. But they've got uh uh, front line guys they they've only got a few guys that are are really big rough and tumble guys, and that number one line by the way they're monsters If they g- put that group together, the McKinnon landis Scottgg mm-hmm. ranton and line those guys are all over two hundred and ten pounds but that guy, group can't play the whole game that's true. And the Blues are going to put their number one defensive unit on the ice against them. And those are a couple of monsters, too. That's true. All right. So, how do yours? How do, so, I've got Blues four, Dallas three, Vegas two, and Colorado one.
0: Okay. I went Blues four, Colorado three, Vegas two, Dallas one. Ah. So, we have a couple, uh, <laughs> some dissension in the ranks here. Now, with Vegas, I looked at them and they also play that, you said, rough and tumble type. Mm-hmm hockey they play that as well ryan reeves calls them meat grinders Yeah, they're heavy they're heavy as well and they have a tremendous forward depth they have two great goaltenders a lot of the same things we've been talking about but their special teams hasn't been great this season so i wonder if the penalty kill will come back to bite them now we look at the blues who won last year in spite of the of the power play and things like that so you can always win in spite of some of your deficiencies but i just i look at them and i put them right behind the abs okay
4: that's good. I like it. And I I wonder if there is a team... There, there are some really scary teams that are playing in the first round. I think it's going to be prohibitive for those teams that are playing in that first round to win four more series after you win that first series. But there are a couple of teams... I think Nashville is really scary if they can get their goaltending going. They're, heck, they won the President's Trophy a few years ago with Edmonton's speed and the way that they're coached in their special teams. They're a scary team. So I think there are other scary teams that will be playing in this first round.
0: That's true. And I So you, picked, you gave Dallas a three, right?
4: I gave Dallas a three.
0: See, I gave them a one because you're putting all of your eggs in the Ben Bishop basket.
4: Well, not ju- a lot of them. But I think the addition of Pavelski for them, I would have felt a lot different about Dallas heading into a playoff if they had played 82 games because they are an older team. And I know I understand that they've lost Roman Polak, who is going to be a big part of what they did.
0: Don't open that door.
4: No, don't open that Roman Polak <laughs> door. But because their older guys have the four and a half months off, I think that if if there's one team in the West that could benefit from this break, it's Dallas.
0: Does it make you feel any differently that Ben Bishop has missed some days on the ice and that they had a simulated game on Wednesday and he allowed six goals?
4: No, that doesn't affect me at all. Okay. Because as you were mentioning, he did get knocked out last year and he was on his back and then came back and made 52 saves in the next game.
0: Colton slap slapshot to the collarbone. It'll you do it. You return yeah. and you play one of the games of your life. And he
4: didn't even need any maintenance. He just
0: played. That's true. <laughs> but they, they've they had some ebbs and flows, Randy. They've had some losing streaks. They had a rough start and they had a well, rough finish. And they haven't been great offensively.
4: That's the, the weird part about this restart is that I don't think anybody knows anything about anybody. Mm-hmm. I really don't. And, and I just look at their talent and I say, okay, that's a group... That's set up for playoff hockey.
0: But the play, uh, yes, they are set up for playoff hockey. I absolutely agree with you. But this playoff scenario is going to be unlike any other playoff scenario we've ever yeah. seen. I really think every team heading into this is in one way or another built for playoff hockey.
4: Yeah, you're right. It could be just like the start of a regular season in October. And if that's the case.
0: They started 1-7-1, so.
4: Yeah. But if if we're going to play like regular season hockey here, and it's not going to be typical playoff hockey, I, I have a belief that we're going to have real intensity right off the bat. But if we play like it's October, then those Avalanche are a major threat. The teams like the Avalanche, the Leafs, the Lightning, the teams that play the run and gun early in the season and don't play a real heavy game, then they'll have a distinct advantage. And they'll... The Blues better be on top of their heavy game early if those teams are going to be, if there's going to be a level of success playing that way.
0: I cannot wait to watch Blues hockey. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome.
4: (laughs) Uh, From the 314, do you guys know if Edmonton players have to stay in the bubble? Seems unfair that they get to stay in their hometown. They do have to stay in the bubble, they Mm -hmm. have to stay at hotels. Everybody in the league is in the bubble in Edmonton.
0: Zero positive tests? Impressive. Kind of just
4: like baseball. Well, no, not really. Mm Coming up next on Carricker and Smallman, it's take it or leave it. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Tioli is next with Carricker and Smallman on 101 ESPN.
3: We're right back to the Carricker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. (laughs)
4: With Michelle Smallman, I'm Randy Carricker. It is character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Glad you're with us. And we always enjoy hearing from Scott Manziara. He's our producer engineer. He's, we used to say spinning the dials. Now he's just moving the, uh, <laughs> the dials, or whatever those are. That he's
0: gliding the dials. Gliding
4: the dials. Wait, what did it look like when they spun them? Well, they were. Oh, you, you turned, turned them. Yeah. Oh, knobs. Yeah, knobs. But now we Remember don't do knobs? that anymore. Yeah, so now we move the dials or okay. slide the dials or glide the dials, whatever it is. Scotty does that in addition to providing your questions for us for Take It or Leave It on the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Scotty, what do you got? All
1: right, guys, from the 636, Take It or Leave It, if the NL knew the Universal DH was coming, then Jose Martinez or Marcelo Zuno would have been re-signed.
4: I'm going to leave that, Michelle. Here's why. I think, number one, that there were other circumstances with Ozuna beyond the money that they felt like they had gone as far down the road with him as they were going to in terms of production. I don't think they really trusted him in the terms of long-term contract. And they got a really good pitcher. This Matthew Libertor is like a front-of-the-rotation left-hander who doesn't come along every day. And they were able to trade Martinez and a Rosarena for him. So I think the Cardinals would have made that deal, even if they would have known the DH was coming. I think they planned on Matt Carpenter being their designated hitter.
0: I'm going to leave it, even after you just laid out everything, and it sounded great. I think that they, for a long time, wanted to keep Jose Martinez. And if they would have had the foresight that the DH was coming, he might have been in their plans.
4: Possible. Possible. Because it
0: seems like they were shopping him for a while.
4: Yeah. they. Yeah, because he just can't play defense.
0: Exactly. So but, if they didn't have to worry about that, they probably probably wouldn't have been shopping yeah, him I, as much.
4: I think at the end of last season, what's happening now was probably in their mind that Edmund ultimately was going to wind up being their third baseman.
0: Take it or leave it. You would rather have Jose Martinez as your DH than Matt Carpenter.
4: Leave it. Jose Martinez was not a good hitter in the second half of last year. He's... was Matt Carpenter. No, but <laughs> I, I, yeah, he had to have Carpenter. If you could have traded Carpenter for Libertor, I think you would have liked to have done that. But you just you couldn't.
1: From the three one four, take it or leave it. The Blues resign Alex Petrangelo. Leave it.
0: I'm going to leave it, too. Sadly. I want to take it, but I just don't know if he's not going to budge on the financials, how it's going to work out. No,
4: and you probably have to make three moves, and they probably wouldn't be devastating moves, but you'd probably have to take Allen, maybe Allen and Schwartz, if you can move Schwartz. And the problem with moving Schwartz is, again, the cap isn't going up for anybody else, either. And then you'd probably have to buy out Steen. At some point, you're going to have to have Schwartz off the books. And then you probably, two years down the road, you're making that choice between Petro and Pareco. and that would be tough. And the other part of this offseason, Michelle, when you look at it, is that the, the Florida Panthers, no state income tax, Joel Quenville, who's a great defensive coach and a Stanley Cup champion, they've got cap room, they've got cash, they've got climate. They have a need. I would think that that's probably a match made in heaven, is Petro to the Panthers.
0: That'll feel so weird, though.
4: Yeah, it will. But uh, I think the Blues, and you, I think, agree with me. They saw this coming. Yep. They, they didn't see the pandemic coming, but financially, that's why they traded
0: for Falk. Right.
1: The Air Comfort Service text line is 65780 from the 636. Take it or leave it. The NHL is the league you're least worried about with no crowd
4: noise. A good one. I think I will take that. Because number 1, I don't know if they're going to pipe in noise. And I do, by the way, I don't think baseball. I think from my perspective, here's, let me put it this way. I don't know about from the player's perspective, but from my perspective, I think it'll be easier for me to listen to and watch a hockey game without crowd noise than basketball certainly or baseball
0: I'm not really concerned about any of the leagues with the crowd noise after after we've already gotten a sample size of it Um, but yeah hockey I think it's such a fast-paced game especially playoff hockey that I don't think I'll be concerned about the crowd at all
4: no after Seven seconds left in the first period last year of Game 7 in Boston. You could hear a pin drop in the Blues ad, no problem.
0: That's true. You're absolutely right. (laughs) Winnipeg, too.
4: Yeah, right. In the
0: 636,
1: take it or leave it. A hot goalie will be the one to carry a team to the Cup this year. More than any
4: other year, I think that's the case.
0: I'm going to take that, too.
4: So I'm going to go with uh, Guitar Jordan.
0: The uh, flatliner.
4: Yep. He'll be great. Lights out. Yeah, he's just so competitive. That's the great thing about him, and he'll he'll walk in, being really competitive and being really angry when somebody puts a puck past him. He's awesome.
1: Yes. He in the six one eight, take it or leave it. The Marlins will become the villains of the MLB if they shut it down.
0: I'm going to leave that because I think if baseball gets shut down, Rob Manfred is the villain. I don't think it's going to be an individual team that people point the finger at. I think that the months of Infighting about money and the seemingly... um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say lack of leadership because there's been leadership, but it hasn't. It hasn't been like the NBA. It hasn't been like the NHL as far as a leadership standpoint. So I think people are going to look directly at Rob Manfred. Yeah.
4: I think they will. But if baseball gets shut down or any other sport,
5: just
0: get bad at this virus.
4: That's. That's the culprit. That's the villain.
0: Sure, but if you're a baseball fan and you're looking at hockey, zero positive yeah. tests. If you're looking at the NBA, zero positive tests. The MLS, we can the KBO, we can continue going because we're seeing positive. I don't want to say I can't say positive. Negative, right. we're, yeah. we're seeing successful reboots of sports and in, in different. Leagues and baseball while they should have been talking about the nuance of the testing and the nuance Mm -hmm. of the travel and the logistics involved to keep the players and the the coaches, the trainers, everyone involved in this safe, they were talking about money. That's all the focus was, was on money. So if I'm a baseball fan and this gets shut down, yeah, I'm going to be mad at the people in charge who should have been worried about the logistics of this instead of the money.
4: And the foresight was lacking, absolutely. When you look at the, the good idea of closing down one of your PED testing facilities in Utah and turning it into a COVID-19 testing facility and then forgetting that over 4th of July weekend, you can't get the tests shipped there and then not realizing that that wasn't going to be sufficient enough in terms of getting all of the tests that you needed processed done and having to rent a facility at Rutgers. The foresight in terms of building this out was not strong at all.
0: Mm-mm.
1: All right. Last one for you guys from the 636 10 or take it or leave it 10 or more MLB teams will not play 60 games this year,
0: 10 or more. I'm going to leave that. I'm
1: going to leave that too,
0: because just like what we saw with 4th of July and the testing, I think that baseball does learn as they go, and I hope that. You know, and again, not that the Marlins were out at Magic City, they were following the protocols. But I hope that this is again a, an additional wake-up call for teams that they have to be that much more careful moving forward. So I don't, I would be surprised. I definitely think it's going to be more than one other team that we see mm-hmm. infected at, with this magnitude. But I don't think it's going to be ten plus.
4: Thank you, Scotty. You got it. Coming up, how does the NFL succeed with the coronavirus, or do they even start? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and
3: Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.
4: 802 on Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Time for today's fresh take, and Michelle. In 1999, after the St. Louis Rams had signed Trent Green and they had uh, acquired Marshall Falk, during training camp, I predicted that they would go before training camp. I said, I thought they would go 12-4. and four. I really liked what they had done offensively. It was 21 years ago today that I started to feel really good about their chances in the playoffs. It was 21 years ago today that Barry Sanders announced his retirement from the, <laughs> the National Football League uh 15,269 yards he retired as the second leading rusher of all time he's now third because Emmett Smith ultimately passed him and Emmett is first but Barry Sanders and we've talked about this played for the Lions and they were going to be good that year if he played but basically said I'm good yeah I, I don't need any more of this not with Detroit
0: yeah this is so miserable for me that I'm out.
4: <laughs> yeah, and there is a strong belief, and I don't think that he's ever said it, but there are people that believe that he didn't want to pass Walter as the all-time leading rusher. That He thought that that was a record that belonged to Walter Payton and had enough money. He'd been hit enough and decided to call it quits. So that was 21 years ago today. And then, of course, the Rams wind up losing to Detroit, one of their three losses during that season. But I thought that was... Like the biggest threat in the NFC that year was the Lions.
0: How rare is that? That there here's a star, a dominant NFL player, and that they don't want to break a record.
4: Yeah, right. Because they have so much respect for the guy. And Walter Payton was sick; he died that year. And yeah, to have so much respect for a guy that you say, "Okay, well, I'll retire so that I don't break your record." That's pretty cool.
0: Very cool, uh, Randy. We just had take it or leave it. Take it or leave. Take it or leave it. Sweetness, one of the all-time great nicknames.
4: Yeah, I'll take that. And unbelievably, for the second leading rusher in the history of the league, Walter Payton is unbelievably underrated. Because I think he's he and Marshall are the two best all-around running backs. He was a better blocker than Marshall. I think they're the two best all-around running backs in terms of doing everything. Running the ball, catching it, blocking. I think those are the two best. And one thing that Walter Payton did was he played offense like a defensive player. He delivered the hits. If you go to YouTube and look up Walter Payton highlights, man, he was unbelievable. So I'm glad that Barry Sanders didn't want to break his record. And Emmitt Smith, really good running back, but not the all-around performer that Walter was, or Barry or Marshall were.
0: Barry Sanders was so fun to watch play, too.
4: He was the most electrifying player I've ever seen. Ever. Ever. Yeah, there was nobody wow. more exciting to watch than Barry Sanders. You can send us a text if you think there is somebody more exciting than Barry Sanders in NFL history. And Marshall was awesome, but Barry did something or every game, twice a game, three times a game. He was ridiculous to watch. He was a video game. He was a, a joystick.
0: Early Michael Vick was that way.
4: Yeah, he was. He was great. Do you believe... Of all the sports that the NFL can pull this off, they're talking about going to camp today. They've reached all their ideas for protocols. They're a physical sport. There are going to be guys that are going to be breathing all over each other. There is going to be, uh, obviously, an exchange of fluids. How can they go through this and not have an issue? And by the way, there's no bubble either.
0: Right. I want the NFL to happen. I want college football to happen. I want all the sports to happen, Randy. We've had a long and empty path to get to this point without sports. So I don't want anything to hinder any uh, restart or start up of these leagues, however, we're looking at what's happening with Major League Baseball, and this is a sport in which players are distanced typically from one another. Their interaction on the field isn't in close quarters a lot of the time. Yes, they're around their teammates, etc., but still, you know, we've seen them be a little bit more socially distanced, whether it's it's in the uh, the dugout or whatever. And I don't really know how the NFL is going to pull this off when you look at the logistics of what's happening with the NHL and NBA and how the bubble scenario seems to be the most effective. We're talking zero positive tests so far, which is great news. And then we see this outbreak with the Marlins in baseball five days in. You have to think that football combined with the non-bubble and the the close proximity in which the players are around each other on and off the field, that it's not going to work.
4: And every team is going to be having training camp at their home facility. So the players are, are going to be living at home. There are going to be 80 players on each team rather than 90 in a normal training camp. So as you mentioned, not only are they going to be within close proximity of each other, but how likely is it that you get a group of 80 guys in their 20s or early 30s to stay home every single night?
0: I don't think it's very likely.
4: No, I don't either. So I think that's a, a real issue with the NFL. And I do believe you mentioned the NBA and the NHL. In the coronavirus era, the only way to be totally sure and you can't even be sure then is by having the bubble because you can't allow players to be going in or out. And you have to have control of the situation like with uh, Lou Williams or Zion in the NBA or if somebody leaves because of personal reasons. When they come back, they have to be tested and they have to be quarantined and you can't allow association with people that are outside the bubble.
0: Based on what we've seen with the NFL, too, with Tom Brady basically saying, hey, I'm going to have these workouts. I'm going to have my teammates together, regardless of what people want me to do. During the early stages of this, remember Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott were were spotted at, by TMZ at yeah. a party. I, I don't think it's realistic to think that these guys, f- including the top level star players, are going to follow the rules.
4: No. And that'll be the way with college football too and I, i'm absolutely stunned that we're sitting here in late july we're on july 28th now and for some of the power fives we still do the sec still hasn't made a decision that they have publicized in terms of whether or not they're going to play a college football season
0: when do you think the self-imposed deadline is probably for them internally
4: it's got to be within the next Week or so, doesn't you it? You would
0: think August is coming.
4: Yeah. I mean, you start camp next week, and Mizzou's supposed to play on, is it September 3rd? I believe. So, we have or,
0: research on that.
4: Okay. Yeah. Central Arkansas, whatever the date is, maybe it's late August. It's the 5th. Okay. So September 5th. September so 5th. We're next week will be a month out from that. So you have to make that decision, and you have to be real about the situation, too, especially in SEC country. You've got an outbreak in Florida. Things are not great in South Carolina. Uh, Athens, Georgia is not good at all. So most of the teams that you'll be playing against are going to be in hot spots or at least warm spots. Yeah. So, not great. No. It, and there, I saw somebody today, somebody tweeted that we should have never restarted baseball. We should have never... Uh, well, I think because of the financial implications... There are some instances in which you have to try. But I also think that you have to, if, if your job as a college administrator, whether it's faculty, administration, athletics, you are taking people's kids and mm-hmm. you're supposed to act as essentially a surrogate parent for those kids when you have them on campus. I don't think that you can have somebody's kid on a football field on a college campus and be responsible i think it's impossible
0: i think it's you can do your your best your very best but those kids and they are kids we we forget that oftentimes because they're part of this massive business and they look like full-grown men but they are kids um You could do your best, but you are not with them 24 hours a day. And they are kids who are going to want to party and be around their friends and will be left to their own devices.
4: And at the end of the day, as a parent, not only are they kids, but they're kids with parents. And how horrifying would it be if your kid was away practicing football and got sick? But regardless of what the outcome was, if they got the coronavirus, and you're four hours away. How terrifying would it be?
0: Pretty terrifying.
4: Yeah. So uh, I don't think that I would send my kid back to school uh, in this environment. Athlete or not, I wouldn't send my kid back to school right now.
0: Even if your kid was primed for the NFL and you knew that this was the, the season that they could really make a mark and improve their draft stock. Uh, their future uh, is on the line.
4: I'm in a fortunate situation where, and I know that there are a lot of families that have really good college football players that aren't, but I would absolutely require that the health and safety of my kid come first. And if the kid's good enough, if they're primed to be really good, they'll get to the NFL and they'll make it eventually. But I don't want it, not during this scenario. And I I totally get that for a lot of families, the success of the draft for uh, the success in college and to the draft of a football player is their ticket out. Mm -hmm. It's their ability to make their, put their family in a situation where they can live a reasonable life and a lot of those families are living unreasonable lives but I I still think that at the end of the day, from from my personal perspective, I wouldn't allow it to happen. But I know that, again, there's a lot of families that have no choice but to roll the dice and allow it to happen. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. And that is today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk some Cardinal baseball with Rick Horton. The Cardinal broadcaster is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carragher and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Great to have you with us. And always great to go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to hear from Cardinal Broadcaster Rick Horton. You hear him on the radio broadcasts on KMOX, and he does TV as well on FS Midwest. Rick, it's always great to have you. We thank you very much. How are you doing today?
6: I'm I'm doing great, Randy. I'm still trying to figure out how the uh, Cardinals are on the road. Yet I'm here in St. Louis. I'm still, you know, I understand what's going on, but it's going to be a uh, very interesting this week to be uh, doing the Cardinal radio games from Busch Stadium, even though they're out of town. And let's hope
4: it's a uh, it's a good road trip for the Cardinals. And uh, I was talking to Mike Claiborne last night about the setup in the radio booth. A couple of 85 inch screens set up in there, right?
6: Yeah, we, we guess we got the you know the man down there in, at the at the booth, and you know I don't know if we have recliners and uh, or the rest, but uh, but but it is it, you know obviously everybody's making do and doing things the way you have to do it, Randy. We we understand that you know there are a lot of people out of work, there are a lot of people that have had to compromise at work, had to adapt at work, and I'm just thankful that I get to work today. So it, whatever it is, it is and. And uh, we're just excited to be talking about baseball.
0: Absolutely, Rick. So let's talk about some of the things that we got out of the Cardinals' first weekend of play. One of my big takeaways is how amazing it is that Yadier or Molina and Adam Wainwright both still have it. You see Yadi, you know, throwing people out. He looks like he's in the best shape of his life. Adam Wainwright, after he got overheated, cooled down and he goes out there and gives you a vintage Adam Wainwright performance. How impressive is it to you that both of these guys have been able to maintain their performance after having such durable careers?
2: Well,
6: uh, let me say this, Michelle. I've been 38 before. I mean, it's been a long time. (laughs) But but when I was 38, uh, I know that I was not in a position to be able to do physically and mentally uh, what what these guys are able to do. Now, of course, these guys are elite players, too. But uh, it, it is so impressive to me that they continue to show up, not just show up but show up at a high level. Yachty's impacting, Wainwright's impacting. They're both leading, too, and, uh, you know, Cardinals are really lucky to have them right now because you need players in that clubhouse who are leading. Uh, not just on the field but off the field but uh, honestly you know Wainwright was as sharp as he's been uh, in the last couple of years uh, you know pitching in game two so let's hope that continues but yadi you know yadi clearly is the guy he's the centerpiece and uh, you know I hope we get to see him for a few more years after this
4: Rick Horton with us on 101 ESPN by the way Rick has a birthday coming up on Thursday so uh birthday ahead of time to you sir thank you um, very much. One of the things I love about the way the Cardinals are are set up, and whether it's 162 games or 100 or 60, the fact that they have maybe seven, eight, maybe even nine guys, when you add to the starting five that you already have in your rotation, and then you have Gomber and you have Ponce de Leon and maybe Reyes and Helsley, I know was prepared to be a starter. You've got a lot of capable starting pitchers and inevitably, Rick, you're going to lose at least one in a season.
6: Yeah, and pitching depth is is always important, but I think this year it's it's really accentuated. And you know, you just have to look at the, what the Miami Marlins are dealing with right now, and, and who knows how big a deal that is. I mean, right now we're all just kind of guessing at that, but you know, it certainly may test their depth, uh, both pitching and, and and in their roster just in general. So you know, as Mike Schultz has said, we need to be uh, we need to be solid about how we handle ourselves so we can you know, at least mitigate chances of being sick. You can't control that. But the reality is that the roster is set, so there is depth. And, you know, the Cardinals have been good at that over the last few years. You know, last year they're Central Division champions, yet they only have one all-star who didn't have a very good second half. That was Paul DeYoung. And so the team has just got a lot of good players on it. and I mean, real good players. And so I think uh, this is the kind of season where that may come into play.
0: Rick, one of the questions heading into this season was, can the Cardinals' offense rebound? And we saw them put up five and nine runs in the first two games and then only one in the third game. But what's your early takeaway from this Cardinals' offense?
6: Well, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not a cold-water-on-things person, as you know, Rochelle. I <laughs> tend to be positive. But, you know, I think you do have to realize that, you know, the Pirates are not the best team in baseball right now. So you have to at least... They acknowledge that. Now, I'm not saying, you know, they're not big leaguers and they didn't throw guys at you, but, but the point is, you know, it's going to be a real test when you go up to Minnesota th- this week and play a team that's, I mean, really good from top to bottom. So, so that's going to be a, an interesting thing. But on, on the offensive side, I think – uh, we saw good at bats. We saw shorter swings from Tyler O'Neill, from Paul DeYoung. Uh, we saw a lot of guys hit the ball hard, and uh, you know a little bit of taste of that depth too, because you can see Lane Thomas come in and not, uh, you know, not embarrass himself, and he can play a lot of places. So I, I like the way the lineup is, mostly Michelle, um, because you've got the speed together in the lineup. You don't have guys that can't run in the middle of guys who can run. I just think that slows down the base pass. I mean, you're you're going to get. Uh, you know, the weakest link is going to slow you up. And I think the Cardinals can manufacture runs, but we've also seen they can hit the big flight.
4: It is interesting, Rick, that this team had a real difficult time with strikeouts last year. And I know during the first spring training, they really worked hard to cut down on strikeouts. It seems like, especially with the guys that you're talking about, that's going to be imperative for a guy like Bader, a guy like Edmonton, Edmund especially, and Wonger at the top of the line, of those three that you talk about that are together. To manufacture runs, they're going to have to avoid the strikeout, aren't they?
6: Yeah, and I, and I think even the guys in the middle striking out last Now, Paul Goldschmidt's always been a guy that's going to strike out you know, a fair amount, but you, know, you just know that his power is going to control a tier. You know, he's just going to uh, carry a team for, for weeks on end when he's hot. And, but, but, you know, Paul DeYoung, I think, is an important piece of what we're talking about here because he, you know, I, I've said that I hope he hits more doubles than last year, you know, ratio-wise and less home runs because I want, to see, you know, I want to see his power in the gap and I want to see guys running around the bases because DeYoung, you know, is so capable of doing that. He's got power at all fields. Uh, you know, he doesn't need to hit the ball six hundred I mean, 500 is enough. So you more line drives. And I think we saw that in spring training. We saw that out of Matt Carpenter, more line drives. You know, line drives that you just miss sometimes become home runs. So I, I'm, I'm all for the. I mean, to me, hard contact line drives are, are what hitting is all about. And, and the less strikeouts, the more opportunities you have to score.
0: Rick, one guy I can't wait to see is Alex Reyes. He was unfortunately derailed because of an illness, but it seems like he's progressing nicely, and we'll see him soon. What sort of role do you anticipate Alex Reyes to fulfill on this team?
6: I, I see him more in the bullpen for a while till he gets his feet wet, and frankly, his confidence. You know, this is a guy that's been through so many things. You know, he's kind of our our 2020 version of, of what we went through emotionally as a. Cardinal fan base, Rick Ankeel, you know, years ago. We wanted Rick Ankeel to succeed uh, so much because he worked so hard and he had such, you know, I mean, such a hard spin and, and, and yet so likable and you just you just kind of just ate for him to do well. I mean, I should, certainly did and I know many others did. But I feel that way about Alex Reyes too. So many setbacks for Alex and, you know, here's his opportunity and a pandemic happens. And, you know, he, I mean, I'm sure he's just got to be sitting there thinking, what's next? And uh, so, you know, you hope for him to succeed, and I think the best way for him to succeed, because it's been so long since he's competed at that high level, is to do it a little piece at a time and build that confidence and work up to wherever he wherever he goes. I mean, the sky's the limit on him. When he's when he's good, he's really really good. But it's just been so long since we've seen that, since he's seen that, uh, we have to take the baby steps.
4: Rick, obviously yesterday we had the Marlins outbreak of COVID nineteen. What's your concern level about baseball being able to complete this season?
6: Well, one thing I've learned during the last four months is I'm not an expert at a lot of things, Randy. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, you know, everybody's got opinions about everything, but I you know, I think, you know, with with a dose of humility, all of us realize that, you know, I'm not a you know, an infectious disease specialist. I'm not a politician. I'm not. I mean, I. I you know, so I said I don't know more in the last four months than I've ever said in my life, which I think is good for me. So, but but the point is, I really don't know, Randy. I mean, I, I think you know a lot of things could happen, and I and I can't. I really, it's just so hard to project that. I think all you do is is just kind of do the things you can control. I mean, you social distance, you wash your hands, you wear your mask. I mean, you do what you can do, and and then. Outcomes are just so unpredictable uh, now that I just think you just mush forward until it's not reasonable to do, and and so uh, yeah, I I don't have the crystal ball on that one, and I'm not sure who does, and uh, I guess I can go to Twitter and I can find 50 people that know what's going to happen, <laughs> but 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 I but I just, honestly, uh, I'm just hoping right now, cautiously optimistic maybe is the best. Way
4: to say it. Yeah, I think that's the, the way. And we can, uh, in, in our realm, we can speculate about sports. But when you have epidemiologists saying, I don't know, how, how, how do yeah. we know, right?
6: Yeah, I mean, if you ask me, if you ask me, why did Wainwright hang his curveball? I'm going to give you an A plus answer to that. If you give me an answer about whether or not we should be wearing masks in St. Louis County, I'll give you a D minus answer to that. And I think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, and so I mean, honestly, I think, I mean, I think at some point you trust the experts uh, and at, at, at what they do. And it doesn't mean we can't all have opinions. I'm not saying that, but 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 I do think. You know, the, the the humility coming with the fact that the running of baseball right now, the commissioner's office has undoubtedly, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. I would be stunned if they haven't thought through seven different scenarios about what they do in case of A, B, C, D, E. I mean, these are smart people, so I trust them with that. I mean, I'm, you might not agree with it. But you know that they have more information than we do, uh, and they're, uh, they're in the business of trying to keep baseball going and keep players healthy. So I trust that, and we'll just see where it ends up.
4: Rick Horton, have fun on the call tonight. Thanks so much for taking some time with us. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon.
6: You you, you bet. Great to be with
4: you guys always. All right, thanks Rick. Rick Horton, Cardinal broadcaster, former Cardinal with us on 101 ESPN, Cardinal World Series uh, participant in both 85 and 87. By the way, Michelle, Dr. Fauci was on Good Morning America this morning and was asked about the Marlins situation and he said, this could put it in danger. This is a quote from Dr. Anthony Fauci. I don't believe they need to stop, but we just need to follow this and see what happens with other teams on a day-by-day basis. So, even Dr. Fauci doesn't know, but he's saying, hey, this could be isolated in the Marlin situation, so let's just see where this goes.
0: What a tough gig Dr. Fauci has.
4: Yeah, he does. So, and, and I saw a thing the other, I didn't realize uh, back in a debate back in 1988 uh, during the AIDS epidemic, George Bush, George H.W. Bush, the first President Bush, was talking about how important Dr. Fauci was and how great he was during that Situation, And here we are, uh, what, 88, 90, uh, 30 years later, uh, 32 years later, and he's still at the top of his game.
0: He's like the Yadier Molina of infectious disease. He
4: he is, yeah. (laughs) Very impressive. Budweiser and 101 ESPN have teamed up for a -a one-of-a-kind giveaway. We're giving away a custom Budweiser-branded John Deere riding lawnmower. That's right, a John Deere riding lawnmower that's Bud... Branded with the Budweiser logo. Find the contest now on the 101 mobile app and use the promo code BUD to get entered. Just download the 101 ESPN app. You must be 21 or older to enter. See the full contest rules and more info now on your 101 ESPN mobile app or online at 101espn.com. But enter for that Budweiser John Deere tractor with the 101 ESPN app. Coming up next, we've got the fight on 101 ESPN.
0: Summer is in full action, and we're thankful for our sponsor today, Manscaped, for keeping dudes out there fresh. Manscaped offers all the right tools to keep your hair groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up that full-body grooming game, and they actually just released their Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 or Perfect Package. Now, the Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit. I know you're probably wearing flip-flops during the summer, hot tip from a female people don't want to see your nasty unclipped toenails okay no one likes an ungroomed man women we talk about these things don't be that guy that's why manscaped has forever changed their grooming game with their perfect package 3.0 it's the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a cleanup and this third generation trimmer features skin safe technology to reduce those manscaping accidents yikes for a limited time subscribers out there can get two free gifts you can get the shed travel bag which is a $39 value add and the patented high Performance, reduced chafing, manscape boxer briefs. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SMALS, SMALLS, S M A L L S at manscape.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscape.com. Use the code SMALL. Summer is here. It's time to manscape.
3: Welcome to the fight on character and small men in the red corner. Average Joe Listener. Of morning drive, please welcome Randy Carriker.
0: Welcome back to Caracur and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. It's 8:35. Time for the fight. Let's bring in our challenger today. Cole is with us. Good morning, Cole. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. Cole, how are you feeling about the Cardinals Twin series that's on deck for tonight?
5: I'm pretty excited for it. Hopefully we can bring out the bats like we did against the uh, Pirates. So.
0: Absolutely, I'm and I'm, I'm sure you're pumped to see Carlos Martinez return to action as well.
2: Yeah, it'll be good to see him as a starter again, actually.
0: Couldn't agree more. All right, Cole, Well, let's get the fight going, all right? Question number one. The Twins and the Cardinals met up one time in the World Series back in 1987. Do you remember who started Game 7 for the Cardinals in that series? Was it Joe McGrain, John Tudor, or Danny Cox?
5: Let's say Danny Cox.
1: All right, question number two for you, Cole. The Twins manager Rocco Baldelli played center field for what team for most of his career? Was he with the Boston Red Sox, the Tampa Bay Rays, or the Minnesota Twins?
4: That was a good one. We played for the Red Sox, Danny played for the Rays. Um, Let's say the
6: Boston Red Sox.
0: Question number three, Cole. Since the start of 2010, how many NL MVPs have been from the NL Central? Is it three, four, or five?
2: Since what? Since when? 2010.
6: Yeah. Um, we say three.
1: All righty, and your final question, Cole. On the Blues' current roster. Who's played the most games in a Blues uniform? Is it Alex Steen, Alex Petrangelo, or Jaden Schwartz?
0: All right, we're checking score here. Randy is coming in. He's coming in through the door, taking off his mask. What kind of mask do we have today? Randy, Blues mask? All right, ready to go. <laughs> Randy said good morning and hello to Cole. Hi, Cole.
4: How are you? Pretty good. How are you, Randy? Doing great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. No
0: problem. It's my honor. <laughs> All right, Randy. Question number one. The Twins and the Cardinals met up one time in the World Series yes, back in did. 1987. Yeah. Do you remember who started Game 7 for the Cardinals in that series?
4: I believe that would have been the rookie, Joe McGrain that started Game 7.
1: All right. Question number two for you, Randy. Uh, the Twins manager, Rocco Baldelli, played center field for what team for most of his career? Tampa Bay
4: Devil
0: Rays. <laughs> he said that's if you were unsure. Well, but I, he, I wasn't yeah. sure
4: if it was raise or Devil Rays, but for him, I think it was Devil Rays.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think either way, we probably would have given it to you. Okay, Randy, thanks.
4: If it's if it's right,
0: if it's right, correct. Right. We don't know if it's right. Uh, question number three: Since the start of two thousand, okay, yeah, since the start of two thousand ten, how many NL MVPs have been from the NL Central?
4: Uh, let's see, 2010, you didn't have any from the Cardinals, you did have Votto, you have Bryant, you had, uh, did Yelich LH win, I think you had a Braun, I don't know, Fielder won one, and, let's see, you have to look around at the other Divisions too, so I'm going to go no cards. So I'm going to take my. I did Yelich win two? Years? I think he did. So I'm going to go with two members of the Brewers, and I'm going to go with Brian with the Cubbies. Um. I don't think the Pirates have had one. So Cards, Cubs, Brewers, and then Votto. I'm going
1: to go four. All right, and your final question, Randy, on the Blues' current roster, who's played the most games in a Blues uniform?
4: Current roster. I believe the guy who's been around the longest... Dean has had some injuries. Petro has not had injuries. Vladdy and Schwartz, he haven't been around as long. Um, I think I am going to go with Alex Petrangelo.
0: Woo, we got a winner. We have a winner
3: and still champion, Randy Carracker. Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, your best choice for quality tires and expert auto service. Dobbs.
0: Sorry, Cole. Close fight, but Randy got you two to one. Ooh. Two to one. Uh, Let's run through ooh. the run through the answers here. Joe McGrain started Game Seven for the Cardinals in the eighty-seven World Series. Randy you got that one right. Rocco Baldelli did play for the Tampa Bay Rays for the majority of his career, six to seven years since twenty ten. There have been five NL MVPs mm. from the NL Central. We have Votto, Braun, McCutcheon, Bryant, and Yelich.
4: Oh, I forgot McCutcheon.
0: And out of this current roster, Alex Steen has played the most games in a Blues uniform. He has 765 games in a Blues sweater. Fourth all-time. Cole, thanks so much for playing.
4: are not a problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Cole. Cole, good to uh, have you with us, and we enjoyed your fighting here on 101 ESPN. McCutcheon. Yeah, I would have... Darn it. You just think of the... You you think, oh, Pirates, no way. Yeah. Right?
0: Hey, they were good there for a while.
4: Yeah, they had a nice little run. Uh, It's Kara Kern's moment on 101 ESPN. And coming up next, the Twins are the toughest team the Cardinals will face in the regular season this year. And luckily, they'll get the bottom of the Twins rotation, which is still pretty good. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back
3: to the character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. One, two, three, four.
4: Cards and Twins tonight at Target Field in Minneapolis, or is it in St. Paul? I guess it's in St. Paul, Target Field is. Before we get to the Cards and the Twins, though, Bob Nightingale tweeting moments ago that the Miami Marlins, as we knew, won't play again today while they await test results. No decision yet, Michelle, has been made on the Yankees-Phillies scheduled game until the Phillies receive their tests later this morning.
0: If you're a member of the Phillies, how frustrated are you that you're still awaiting test results?
4: It doesn't seem like that is an excusable situation with The fact that they were around a team that had an outbreak and the fact that not only should Philadelphia have local testing ability because every team is supposed to have a a local deal with a hospital. But they're also very close to Rutgers. And for those that aren't aware, not only did Major League Baseball convert one of their PED testing facilities in Utah into a COVID-19 testing facility, but because of what happened on the 4th of July, they rented out a facility at Rutgers University that allows them to get quicker tests on the East Coast as well. So Philadelphia is so close to Rutgers, Mm -hmm. there's no excuse for them to not have testing completed right now.
0: And I would get on the phone and say, hey, code red, we need these tests back right away for that team after this scenario when they've been in contact with a group of people who tested positive for covid and and they are at home with their families Mm. that they could be asymptomatic and, and could be spreading this virus. I mean, we think about it in a baseball perspective in the confines of of the team and the players. But think about all the other people that they are coming into contact with that they could potentially be infecting.
4: Right. Or be getting infected by, right? Yeah,
0: correct. Either way. Either way.
4: Because, it, like you were saying during the break, all it all it takes is one family member to go out to grab a coffee. And then all of a sudden, a player, the rest of the family, the player goes to be with his team. And he's in a clubhouse and everybody's affected.
0: I, I just wonder how baseball thinks about this if you're rob manfred and you're the powers that be and you're seeing the delay and the test results that there's days that go by i know they're they're working under the protocols that they have and they're trying to get it back as fast as possible but it doesn't seem like it's fast enough this waiting period from the time that you complete the test until you get the results you could have it and be spreading it in that period it's it's not a a day off type situation. Right. And that's pro- that is very problematic for baseball and for two people who sit here and desperately want baseball to continue, I I think that they better be having some conversations about how they might want to tighten this up.
4: Baseball continues tonight on FS Midwest. Cards and Twins and Michelle. Last year, Minnesota had the best offense in the league in baseball and they picked that up again this year. They've scored 27 runs in 3 games. The next most runs, the Dodgers have scored 22 runs in 4 games. The 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 Twins are tied for the Major League lead with home runs with seven. Last year, they led baseball with a record 305 home runs hit. But tonight, tonight, Carlos Martinez pitches for the Cardinals against Homer Bailey of the Twins. Bailey, I'll give you just his last five years earned run averages, okay? Okay. Last year, 4.11. 2018, 5.55. 2017, 4.91. 2016, in six games, he had a 3.10. 2015, a 7.10 earned run average. I like that. So it hasn't been great for Homer of late, H-O-M-E-R. It hasn't been great for Homer Bailey. And hopefully the Cardinals will be able to get to him because as good as Carlos Martinez looks and can be, the Twins just hit everybody. So this should be a high-scoring game.
0: Uh, just before we get into everything you just said, imagine working in Sports Talk Radio and your name's Homer. Your actual given name is Homer.
4: That would be interesting.
0: <laughs> no matter yeah. what you said against yep. your your team that you're covering, everyone would say, what a Homer.
4: That's right. <laughs> That's
0: true. It could either be positive or negative for yeah. you in that space.
4: That's a, No, it's a positive thing if you're doing local. Unless you're doing a national show and you're from St. Louis and you keep talking about if you're Greg Amzinger and your name is Homer <laughs> Al uh, Homer Amzinger rather than <laughs> Then they'll say, oh, you're, you're such a homer.
0: I actually love that name, Homer Amzinger. If Greg ever has uh, another child, we should really push that.
4: That's a good idea. Homer Amsinger. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him on later in the week and we'll talk about this.
0: Absolutely. Well, with Carlos Martinez to circle back, he wanted his spot back in the rotation. He looks great. He says he's ready to go. And this is a baptism by fire, Randy. He is getting his opportunity and he is getting it against a very potent offense.
4: And in talking to people around the ball club, This is the most focused they've ever seen him. They really do believe around the Cardinals that Carlos has finally grown up. Now, are we going to see that for a couple of months here? You hope so. But the fact that he prepared himself for the season, he did what they asked, he was rewarded, now you have to hope that he uses those rewards and pitches well because he still has the opportunity at his age to make a lot more money. Not that $51 million isn't a lot of money, but if he pitches well this year and next, he can get another huge contract out of it.
0: He has the skill set to be great. Not just good, not serviceable, to be great. He we- can
4: pitch a no-hitter anytime he takes them mound.
0: Absolutely. And what we saw out of him in spring training, winter warm-up, even, you know, pre-shutdown of everything, I had never been more surprised or impressed by somebody that had had sort of a, a history of inconsistency because Carlos Martinez came out and said all the right things. He said, I want to be in the rotation. I am preparing myself for that, etc. But his demeanor was different. His attitude was different. He did seem to have a level of maturity that didn't necessarily exist there all the time before. He talked constantly about being healthy, about being smart. He talked at length about being in the right mental place mm-hmm. to regain this spot. He talked about listening to the Cardinals and his manager and the training staff, all of the things that they had been preaching to him, he seemed to really finally grasp. And then... Uh, an Adam Wainwright curveball Randy was thrown in front of him in a pandemic to where all of these things that he had been building towards were disrupted. And the fact that even during that really, really disconcerting time, he was able to stay the course and stay ready and not take any setbacks and come back and still be in the same physical and mental space that he was prior to that shows me that it, it seems like he has matured. And I'm really excited for him to have this opportunity.
4: And if he can get off to a good start, with his first start of the year, in the situation that the Cardinals are facing with with a Twins team that is playing at home and is as great as they are offensively, I would have to believe that it'll be a huge confidence confidence boost for him and for everybody if he can just hold them down. You you aren't going to stop them, but if you can hold them, if the Twins score four runs tonight, I think the Cardinals have to feel pretty good about where they are.
0: If he's if, if Carlos goes out there and he does stop this offense, imagine the yeah. confidence boost that he's going to get. Yeah, he, it, maintain stop whatever. But if he goes out there and he's just absolutely filthy tonight against this this offense, he's he's going to be feeling it.
4: And he'll miss a lot of bats, and with a lot of home runs come a lot of strikeouts. So that's another aspect to his game that you'd think will benefit the Cardinals tonight because at his best he is a terrific strikeout pitcher. And the Twins, let me get the number for you here. We talked about how they lead the league in home runs. They are pretty close in strikeouts, too. Uh, as a matter of fact, they are... Actually, no. I thought they were higher in strikeouts, but uh, they aren't. Holy smokes. They have... <laughs> uh, let's see. They're they're twenty 23rd in the league in strikeouts. So they've, they've only struck out 21 times. I know they struck out a lot last year, but... You look at Detroit, they struck out 46 times. Kansas City struck out 40. The Twins have only struck out 21 times so far in their three games. Very impressive. Joel Sherman of the New York Post reporting that he's heard that tonight's Yankees-Phillies game has been postponed, and it's not because of weather.
0: It's because of missing test results?
4: COVID-19. Well... You'd have to believe that it's bad test results. He said that he heard the Yankees are leaving Philadelphia early this afternoon to head back to New York, and they're going to practice at Yankee Stadium tonight.
0: So you think that they've gotten the test results back? It's just not made public. Yet.
4: That's what it sounds like to wow. me. Is that they, because this was to be a two-game series, and maybe New York could go back for one game tomorrow, but it seems like they want to get out of Philadelphia.
0: Not good, Randy. And
4: get out of that ballpark. If if you're going to have a workout, you don't want to be in that ballpark either.
0: Oh, man. I'm nervous.
4: (laughs) I am too. And fortunately, that's a a series that can easily be replayed. Because those are two teams that should be in the hunt. But it would lead you to believe, wouldn't it, that if they've already canceled this game at 9.56 Eastern time, that there is testing knowledge available and if they're going to call the game, there, there must be something going on with the Phillies. You, it's just spe- speculation, but
0: it, is, it but seems logical. The earlier report that you gave us said they were supposed to get results later this morning. It is nine, almost 10 a.m. Eastern time. So I, yes, would imagine that they probably have gotten some sort of word and we will probably get even more information coming out soon. And we can pass that along, but it doesn't seem good.
4: That word might be our today's big thing, which comes your way next on 101 ESPN. It 9-0-1 in St. Louis, and your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker with you, and today's big thing, multiple reports now, saying that the Philadelphia Yankee game has been postponed. They were supposed to play last night and tonight in Philadelphia, and then tomorrow night and Thursday in New York. And Michelle, as you and I tried to uh, work through the schedule during the break, uh, we, I think we both agree here that with a 30-man roster and with as early as it is in the season, the play, because we don't know what's going to happen with COVID-19 the rest of the way, the play for Major League Baseball might be to have the Yankees and Phillies play doubleheaders tomorrow and Thursday.
0: It seems like that's the play because you would rather get these games done sooner rather than later. Right. Um, If this is happening now, I would anticipate that we're going to have a couple other teams deal with something similar. And so the scheduling is only going to (laughs) get more convoluted as the season goes on. So, yeah, if you could get those done in that manner, I would do it ASAP.
4: And then, for example, the Phillies have four days off in August. If you do have any other issues specifically with that team because they were in contact with Miami, then anything that gets rained out or if you have another COVID-related instance... Then you can fix that. Uh, hopefully, get a mutually uh, a mutual day off for both teams, and be able to take care of that. And we can play. They, they can play their sixty games. Now, I will say this: back in nineteen eighty one, there was a strike, and we had a split season. So the Cardinals didn't play the same amount of games as the other teams, and because of that, the Cardinals had the best record overall in the National League, at that time East, had the best record in the division but didn't win either of the first half or second half. They finished, I think, a game out, half game out in both halves. And so because they didn't play the same amount of games, they didn't get the opportunity to win their division. So sometimes you just have to deal with it.
0: You do. Uh, Randy, we do have a little bit of breaking news here from Ken Rosenthal.
3: 101 ESPN Breaking News alert.
0: So you were right. Testing is coming back and the Marlins have had four additional players test positive for COVID.
4: So that means they're up to 15 of their players, plus a couple of coaches.
0: So you would imagine if the Marlins had more tests come back positive, that that's probably what we're anticipating to happen in Philadelphia, that we're going to see some players test positive because that would make sense why the Yankees-Phillies game is getting postponed. Or maybe they got word out of Miami that more players had tested positive and they wanted to be on the safe side. But... Either way, those are connected.
4: And uh, if we go to what Ma- Rob Manfred said last night, and if we can go to uh, Rob Manfred, uh, what what he said last night about what it would take for Major League Baseball to cancel this season. Keep in mind here now, 15 players are unavailable to the Marlins. This is what he said it would take for MLB to cancel a season.
5: 18 team. Uh, losing a number of players that rendered it completely non-competitive would be an issue that, that we would have to address and have to think about making um, a, a change, um, whether that was shutting down a part of the season, um, the whole season. That depends on the circumstances. Same thing with respect to league-wide. You, know, you get to a certain point league-wide where it does become a health threat, and we certainly would shut down at that point.
4: So I would suggest that any team that lost 15 of their 30 players would be rendered, as he said, non-competitive.
0: You could come to that conclusion, absolutely. What about the financials, Randy?
4: Well, there is $800 million on the line for the owners (laughs) and a billion and a half, by the way, for the players. We talk about the owners and the money they want. Well, the postseason and the rest of this regular season also... A billion and a half dollars for player salaries that are on the line, too. So those that aren't on the Marlins, those that if if you're even Bryce Harper and we don't know how many Phillies, but if there's a couple of Phillies that test positive and you're Bryce Harper, do you want to give up that money that you're making this year on that three hundred and thirty million dollar contract?
0: I don't. I definitely don't. So, but. I also, though, if I'm Bryce Harper and I'm looking at the Marlins and they now have, what, 15 players who have tested positive? I'm, mm-hmm. uh, it's such a complicated situation, and it's every player's approach is going to be different. And, right. you know, who, know, who knows? A, a Bryce Harper could say, hey, this is too much for me. I need to protect my family. I can't do this.
4: David Price did that. David Price did it. David Price opted out and uh, said he was concerned with his family about the health and well-being of them if he were to play in a scenario like this. Now, two years ago, David Price uh, won the World Series. He's playing in the midst of a $217 million contract that he has collected most of the money for. And he said... I'm not playing because I'm concerned about my family. And yesterday he said, this is why I'm not playing, because I don't think baseball cares about health and safety. And Manfred was asked about that last night.
5: Well, I I disagree with with David's comments. I think both for the MLBPA and for us, the health issue was the one that had to be resolved. It was the most important one to all of us. Um, In terms of the activities, that have happened in the last few days. As I said, you know, we followed the protocols to a T. Um, we went beyond um, those protocols in the sense that we canceled um, games to for the Marlins so far. Um, we're open to having to cancel additional games if we feel it's necessary to keep our players safe.
4: So they canceled games for the Marlins, they canceled games for the Phillies, they canceled games for the Orioles, they canceled games for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. What do they have in common? They're in the East. We don't care about them. The Cardinals are in the Central and play the Twins tonight where we are dealing with those sorts of issues.
0: Yeah, but we can't get too confident, Randy. If, if those four teams are dealing with this, we better be careful here.
4: Were we, were we going to see Miami in the playoffs? No.
0: Of course not.
4: We weren't. So
0: don't worry about it.
4: Now, Philadelphia takes a hit. Man. They, they take a hit. But the Cardinal players have to stay in their hotels. They have to be safe. They have to be careful. And tonight... They have to open up a series against the Twins. And by the way, in this weird season, you've got 40 games against your division and 20 games against the other league. And the Cardinals took two of three. And I, I asked Mike Schilt on Sunday about that philosophy that Tony always espoused, Tony La Russa, Hey, just win the series. And I asked him at the time, they had won two. And he said, that's what we try to do. And, I think it's more important now than ever to win the first game of a series and really focus in, and this is only a two-game series, but win the first game of every series that you play and set up your pitching and give yourself that advantage, every advantage you can, not that you try any less hard in other games, but if you're a manager, set up everything to win that first game of a series, because I think it's ultra important in a 60-game sprint.
0: Especially this one with Carlos Martinez yeah. returning to the rotation for the first time in two years. While he does seem to have a different sense of maturity, I I do know that if he goes out tonight and he gets absolutely shellacked, it's not going to be something that's going to boost his confidence, Randy. So right. I, I would like to see him go out, have a great outing, have the Cardinals take this one and know that Carlos Martinez can carry that through the rest of the season.
4: Thursday is the two-year anniversary of his last Major League start. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. He's he's gone two years without making a Major League start. And hopefully he'll be be able to give the Cardinals innings. As we know, the week before the Cardinals started uh, summer training camp brought to you by Camping World, he had thrown 95 pitches down in the Dominican. Says he went seven innings down there. So if any Cardinal pitcher should be prepared, and obviously Jack Flaherty was, but if any Cardinal pitcher should be prepared to go A lot of pitches and a lot of innings. It's Carlos. Can he do it against that lineup? We don't know, but physically he should be able to handle
0: it. Randy, would you like a piece of good news? I
4: would. I like good news.
0: Joel Sherman, New York Post, reporting that he he is hearing the early results or that no Phillies players have so far tested positive. Now, keywords being so far. So far. That means they haven't gotten all of them back yet. But so far, no positive test. That's huge.
4: I wonder if this game tonight between Philadelphia and the Yankees was postponed just out of an abundance of caution. It seems like that might be the case. Maybe the Yankees didn't. Maybe the Yankees went to baseball and said, hey, we don't want anything to do with this. We don't want to be around this ballpark. And uh, we're going home. So uh, they aren't playing. We know that. Marley Rivera pointing out that uh, the Yankees are indeed headed back to the Bronx. And uh, their home opener is still scheduled for tomorrow as of right now. But no word yet on the official rescheduling of those games
0: yeah but if you're the exactly to your point though if you're the yankees and you have a legitimate chance to win wouldn't and you haven't gotten any sort of results back from the team you're playing in the ballpark that you're supposed to be in i would be taking every possible precaution to protect my players
4: and here's another point for the yankees the marlins are still in philadelphia that's right so if you're staying in the same hotel you want to get the heck out of there
0: oh my goodness i would hope that they're not in the same hotel
4: Usually baseball teams are staying at the Ritz.
0: I would wonder, though, in this scenario, as we heard yesterday, as Danny Mack was telling us how they're even separating players on on the bus. Like, hey, if you're a catcher, you sit in the front. If you're a catcher, you sit in the back so that they can make sure that if someone gets sick, the person who's going to replace them is as far away. I would hope that baseball would have some sort of planning in place that would say, hey, you know the Marlins are still here. Let's make sure that that the Yankees are in this hotel. Yeah.
4: Well, when you look at the recent history of baseball planning, it really has been beyond reproach. So I I, I would hope that that's the case too, and I, I would hope, fully expect that that would be the case.
0: If there was some sort of award show, Randy, for planning and logistics and and really thinking everything out thoroughly. Major League Baseball would take home every award. They, they would the just trophy. sweep it. Yeah. If there's an Oscars for planning, Rob Bamford better get his speech ready.
4: (laughs) That's Michelle, I'm Randy, and that's today's big thing. A lot of news during the course of that uh, 11 minutes or so. So we're glad to bring it to you.
0: Refreshing, too, to see if we have anything else. But I'm glad we ended it on a positive note. Me too. Well, on an 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 uplifting note, not a positive. We can't say positive.
4: Well, but no tests to our knowledge for the Phillies right now. That's the lead that we want to give you. Coming up, the Twins have been remarkable for the last year or so, and we're going to talk to Dan Hayes, who covers the Twins for The Athletic. He joins us next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. The Cardinals at Minnesota tonight. They'll open up a two-game series at Target Field. Carlos Martinez against Homer Bailey. And we're going to talk about the Twins with Dan Hayes of The Athletic. He joins us right now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. And, Dan, this is Randy Carricker. Michelle Smallman is here. We appreciate you taking some time this morning. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. Thanks for having
4: me on. Well, let's start with this. Uh, This has become one of the most epic power-hitting teams of all time. And I want to know if it's because of the hitters. Is it because of something that Rocco Baldelli brings to the table? Why have the Twins been able to become this offensive juggernaut?
2: It's a combination of a couple things. I mean, you're looking at a group that uh, there's this young core that they have of five or six guys who... You know, largely we're top 100 prospects. It's extremely talented. You throw in a Nelson Cruz. Uh, they added Josh Donaldson this year. But there's also organizational philosophy, which is home runs are more valuable than trying to string together base hits. And so there's, there's that that goes into it. Um, and and the juice ball helps, obviously. Uh, you know, I, I think this would have been a team. If, if the ball was normal, probably would have hit about 250 home runs last year. That still would have been the most home runs in Twins history, and and that's significant when you think about the Twins. You know, you think of that that scrappy, light hitting team that's always going to fight and beat you uh, in different ways. And you know, the the Tom Kelly, Ron Gardenhire model that was there for so long. This is definitely a different team, um, philosophy wise, than it ever has been. You know, and and they do try to. They are into the launch angle. But they're into it in so many different ways. It's it's just put aggressive swings on the ball and home runs. You know, it's 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 the NBA's three pointer kind of method versus uh, mid range shots. You you give up the mid range and you you look for the bigger score. Well, that's what the Twins definitely started doing the last two years, and it really took last year. You look at the group that they have. You know, Eddie Rosario. Uh, byron buxton may play in this series Mm -hmm. Uh, jorge polanco all-star max kepler um you know i know i'm forgetting some names mitch garber had a huge year last year um but you look at that group and and you realize and miguel snow they they found kind of their power potential last year and and they're all between ages 25 and 28 and and that's your, your physical prime it's a it's a really good time for them. And, and when you throw in a Nelson Cruz and a Josh Donaldson on top of that, you're going to hit a lot of home runs. There are they're very few easy outs. You have to kind of be on your toes at all times against this group. And, and it's pretty evident just by the stats.
0: Dan, you mentioned Nelson Cruz, and I want to focus on him for a second. He has an unbelievable start so far. He won American League Player of the Week. And it just seems like he is defying father time. What has he been able to do to to maintain himself in this condition?
2: Yeah, he eats, sleeps, and, and drinks baseball. Basically, his, his life is, um, sleep probably more than 10 or 11 hours a day, wake up, work out, eat, uh, work out some more. And then he does some kind of massage for like, I, I heard the story last week. It's like a two hour massage every day. Um, which sounds incredible, but also <laughs> probably extremely painful. Um, and then he goes and hits and that's it. And as a DH, you know. And and I'm sure he's a guy who this year his, uh, his method of operation has had to be kind of changed just like everything else in the world. Um, You know, his, his team because he usually has two to three people around him every day. He has his own personal chef. He has his own masseuse. Uh, I'm sure that that has been changed significantly because of COVID-19, but he, uh, he's still finding ways to do it. I mean, he, he basically knows to take care of himself because this is all he does. And, and he said it, you know, we we're talking about life on the road, how different it is for guys not being able to leave the hotel. And it's like, I never left the hotel anyway. You know, he, he just <laughs> stays in at all times just because he knows to take care of himself because this is his, his uh, outlet for, for making money. So that's, that's, it's incredible though. I mean, to see him, you know, he turned 40 on July one, you just don't see guys doing this and granted White Sox park is, Very Homer-friendly, but his home runs were not cheap, and uh, he's a machine.
4: You know what's interesting is that of all of those great things, having the personal chef and the two-hour massage, I probably could not find – I couldn't sleep for 10 hours. There's no way that I could – I'd have to wake up. I'd I'd be laying in bed awake. That would be the only difficulty I'd have.
2: He, He can take a nap in the middle of a clubhouse that is just full bore. Everybody's playing video games or playing dominoes or whatever they're doing. You look over at the couch and there's Nelson Cruz with a a towel underneath his head on the couch, propped up, and nobody messes with him either. They know not to mess with him uh, when he's taking his naps. But he has a nap room at Target Field. I mean, he is a serious sleeper, so it's pretty incredible. That's
0: that's just a, a gift that you're given because I'm sure a lot of other players have the blackout sheets. They have the sound machine. They probably have the memory foam pillows, all of this special equipment for them to be able to rest in a certain way. So the fact that he does take such great care of his body, but when it, when it comes to sleep that he can just download anywhere is really impressive.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm almost able to do that. Um, I I haven't <laughs> transferred it to the press box yet, and that's actually a good thing. But, but it's... Uh, it is, a, it is definitely
0: a key skill. Dan, uh, I was reading a lot about the Twins in um, preparation for this series, and they obviously have the talent needed to get this done. But as we continue on in this very uh, unprecedented set of, set of circumstances here in baseball, we continue to talk about how leadership and chemistry is going to be important for teams to succeed. And it seems like the Twins also have the chemistry portion of this equation locked down. Can you talk about the team culture?
2: Yeah, I, I think that's something that's been really key, and I think it's key in at least doing everything you can to stay safe at this period. Uh, just, I mean, let's frankly look at look at the Marlins. There's a lot of young guys there, and, and, you know, it's all speculation. Who knows what happens to, to start, but the, the Twins have been adamant, and they have a lot of young guys that would love to be on the road um and and out and that is so hard to do fortunately it's a 60 game schedule but i mean they were just in chicago for six days and uh that's a long time to be in a in a fun good city with a lot of restaurants and and able to go out and experience life and and you got to stay in and and they've been very there's been a lot of communication about that and i think that it helps that one their front office is is very open about it rocco Ball their manager uh, basically repeats what they say you know it, it, it's a very top down organization where everybody just kind of follows the chain of command but they they've got a lot of good things in in place and they're they're open about communicating but the players i think really they they've got a good veteran bunch that provides that leadership it's not like you're taking commands from the organization and nobody is really into it you you know Nelson Cruz is someone that nobody crosses and when he says I'm staying in everybody's listening but there's about seven or eight guys behind him and and so especially with coronavirus with COVID there there is a clear line of here's what we're going to do and we're going to listen to it and you see guys taking very serious uh wearing masks throughout batting practice wearing masks on the field um there's just there's just a, a serious tone, and and talking about respect and communication and all that that kind of stuff. I, I just think it, it's the way that teams should try to operate. Not everybody can do it, but they they just have this open model where they know how to kind of demonstrate to each other the respect and responsibility and communicate without coming across as too harsh. I, I just think it it's a good tone for teams to find. If they can, it's really hard to emulate. And also you have to have the right personnel to do that. And I think the twins have done a good job collecting the kind of guys that really are, uh, want to take care of each other. I mean, you know, when you have Miguel Sano, uh, repeating word for word, what Nelson Cruz says, that's that's a, that's a really good thing because Miguel Sano has shown in the moments in the past that, his his uh, judgment can definitely skew from what you, he's a kid you know he's just a big giant kid and he's a really fun loving kid but he's made his mistakes and i think that when you have him at the at nelson cruz's hip for 2 years it's a it's a great benefit for him and it's a great benefit for the organization and the the twins have done a really good job in that regard of just kind of bringing in good people to provide models for everybody
4: one other thing for dan hayes who covers the minnesota twins for the athletic we keep an eye on joe joe uh, jake odorizzi he's a he's a local kid from highland illinois and i know he was out with a back is he going to be back soon
2: yeah I, I believe he will pitch against the indians this weekend and he's another guy who's just a great model for everybody else um, had a great year last year figured out how to do some things with his high fastball and uh and really put it together. He had about a five or six start stretch in the middle that was not very good, but otherwise was, uh, you know, if he went deeper into games, I'd say Cy Young caliber, but he was definitely uh, a, an all-star last year. And and I think he'll be back in this Cleveland series, uh, which starts right after the Cardinals leave town, um, as long as we're playing still. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he, he's been, uh, A really good find for them they got him for a a middle infield prospect that was way down their charts from the rays were sort of giving away players and it's benefited them he he found another gear last year and and this is a big year for him again uh he was he's heading into free agency and obviously wants to back up what he did last year dan we
4: enjoy your work at the athletic and we loved having you on thanks so much for the time we appreciate it
2: all right hey thank you for having me
4: Take care. That is Dan Hayes from the Athletic. He covers the Minnesota Twins, and fun guy.
0: They're a fun team.
4: When's the last time you slept for ten or eleven hours?
0: Um, that is a great question because I do not get a lot of sleep.
4: I have not for a, I was probably in my twenties last time I slept for ten or eleven hours.
0: You know, I went to Thailand in the winter and was so jet-lagged when I got back. I think mm-hmm. I basically slept for two days on and off when I returned. Uh-huh. So probably okay. then.
4: So for but. Nelson Cruz to get 10 or 11 each night, it's pretty impressive. What's
0: your average per night?
4: Oh, let's see. One, two, three, four. seven That's great. Yeah. It's pretty good.
0: I'm about five and a half.
4: Yeah, that's not great.
0: No, it's not. We need to work on that.
4: <laughs> That's Michelle. I'm Randy. Coming up, you're killing me, Smalls, on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the character and Smallman
3: podcast on 101 ESPN.
4: Okay, just a little bit of new news on the Yankees-Phillies postponement for tonight. And apparently the news is logical on the part of baseball, which is nice, isn't it?
0: Yes, It's refreshing.
4: Yeah, that uh, Carl Ravitch tweeting that Major League Baseball told the Yankees that they're postponing tonight's game against Philadelphia out of an abundance of caution. Even though there had been no indication that any Phillies players had tested positive, and to this point, we have no knowledge of any players testing positive from Philadelphia.
0: I will repeat, abundance of caution, refreshing. Yeah, refreshing. Good thing. But it seems like while you're getting more negative news out of Miami with more players testing positive for COVID, the fact that no Phillies players so far have tested positive and that the Yankees and Phillies are both saying, hey, let's just be extremely cautious here. We'll postpone this game. Make sure everyone's safe before we move forward. I think is great.
4: It's and remarkable. All right, it's time for... You're
7: killing me,
0: small. All right, Randy, uh, our friend Greg Washinsky from ESPN.com, we love his work, love his work. He's great. He's been in St. Louis a lot because of the Blues' success that they've had in the playoffs and their run to winning the first Stanley Cup championship in franchise history. And so he understands St. Louis. He understands... All of the little nuances and the blues story uh, that led them to winning that first Stanley Cup championship, right? Correct. Okay, so he does this thing at um, ESPN.com. He does these quick hitters and he posts photos of, quote, jersey fouls. And there was somebody named Michelle, who is a blues fan. Not you. No, not me, not me. And she tweeted out, just picked up my Mother's Day gift from personalization. Blues logo on the front of the sweater, on the back, number four, and then the name, Randy, Boom Boom. In St. Louis, we know what that means. Yes, we do. Boom Boom Gunnarsson. So, Greg Wyshynski says this is, in fact, a jersey foul. He says, quote, St. Louis Blues defenseman Carl Gunnarsson was nicknamed Boom Boom both for the weaponized inference of his last name and because, allegedly, his shots on the ice were so non-threatening that he earned the nickname, ironically. That brings us to the other part of this jersey foul, essentially putting the nickname on there. Hockey had a boom boom blah blah blah. Okay. He says that this, that his nickname is Boom Boom because of those things he laid out. He doesn't say that his nickname is Boom Boom because of Chris Kerber's iconic call Boom Boom Gunnarsson.
4: Which to me eliminates any foul. The, no foul here because of the iconic call by Kurbs. In overtime, game two of the Stanley Cup finals where Curbs goes boom, boom, Gunnarsson. And simply because of that call, if you get a blues sweater with boom, boom and number four on the back, everybody knows who and why, uh, who that is and why you have that sweater. So I say absolutely no jersey foul on this one.
0: No jersey foul at all. I think it's even better than having Gunnarsson on there. I agree. Because everyone in St. Louis will see that jersey, and you'll get a reaction out of people. They'll be, well, we're not allowed to high five anymore, but they'll yeah. they'll be boom, air, boom, they'll guys. be air fiving you. Yep. They'll be pointing it out. It that that call elicits such joy from people because it was such a great part of the Blues story. Yes. That no, it's not a jersey fell. And Greg Wasinski, all with all due respect, love you, love your work. Seriously, he's great at what he does. I just assumed that he would know what that is.
4: You would think so, but. Maybe he missed the call, so that hey, I, I tweeted him about it, and I haven't heard back.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, Randy, for setting the record straight. Yeah, thanks. You're killing me, small. And if he hasn't heard that call because he was in the press box, so there's a chance he wasn't listening right. to the Blues radio broadcast. He should hear it because it's a great call.
4: It is fantastic. It,
0: is that your favorite curbs call from that run? Because that might be mine. I love I the Pat Maroon call. Yeah, it's a St. Louis in. yeah. yeah, Pat Maroon. But just the way he says, boom, boom, Gunnarsson. So good.
4: Yeah, I I might go with that. So
0: Well, I there, guess the final call. There, the there were a lot of
4: great Curbs calls during that run.
0: <laughs> he was on fire. He and Joey both. Okay, well, someone who's consistently on fire, Randy, Michael Jordan. <laughs> it doesn't matter how old he is. The GOAT reigns supreme. He is... He was videotaped, I should say, playing what seems to be pickup hoops with some people in Florida. There's palm trees outside the court, and these seem to be young kids that mm-hmm. he's playing with, and he's absolutely smoking them. And here's, I want you to just hear the sound of the video, Randy. Whoa.
5: Oh! <laughs> hey, man, if not, you don't have YouTube? You don't have YouTube.
0: Schooling, schooling these kids in a game of pickup hoops. And he says, Hey, you guys got YouTube? You better pull up and see who Michael Jordan is. <laughs> For
4: real. <laughs> Which is an ultimate
0: flex on these kids.
4: It's great, yeah. And the, the kids, they got to be having the time of their lives. Oh, you can and, see
0: they're smiling from ear to ear. Yeah,
4: and Michael hits the classic fadeaway classic and uh, that's when he said it but it, it's like they weren't even trying to defend him <laughs> no <laughs> great
0: but imagine though these kids i wonder they, they obviously know who michael jordan yeah. is i mean even Everybody if you, even if you aren't aware of him as an, a basketball player you know jump man you know jordan shoes mm. if you're playing basketball you know michael jordan but i wonder if these kids watch the Last Dance. If they were fresh off watching The Last Dance and saw just how iconic and competitive Michael Jordan is, and Mm. then he rolls up to the court to play against you.
4: Is there any better pickup trash talk than that?
0: No. You guys got YouTube?
4: Yeah. You better pull up Michael Jordan for real. (laughs)
0: And you know what? Those kids are on his list now because they didn't know who he was. He was disrespected. Now the remainder of the story is that Michael Jordan visits that court every day for right. the next five years yeah. to exact his revenge and let these kids know who Michael Jordan is. He might follow them to college just to make sure right. that they know. You're killing me, Small. Okay, so we know, Randy, coming up here in August, that we are going to find out the name of our new soccer team here mm-hmm. in town, MLS for the Lou. They asked for team suggestions last fall. They got over 5,000 fan submission. Some of the entries were great. I don't know if maybe one of those entries might end up being the team name. We're going to find out here in a week or two. Um, and they released some of, the f- some of the names that didn't make the cut. Okay, good. From the fan submissions. So can I read some to you?
4: I'd like to hear this.
0: What about this, Randy? The St... Saint- Louis laser snakes.
4: Laser snakes. That sounds vicious and scary. And if you're an opposing soccer player, you don't want to be lasered and you certainly don't want to deal with snakes. So I am going to put that in the plus column. I would not rate that as a name that would just be completely summarily dismissed.
0: Laser snakes seems tough.
4: It really does, yeah.
0: Randy, what about this? The St. Louis capybaras. Interesting name. It's a rodent native to South America. It's the largest living rodent in the world.
4: I think I've seen those at a zoo. <laughs> I don't know if we have them here in St. Louis or if it's at another zoo, but I th- I don't know if you want to be known as a rodent. I think it's a great name, but they aren't really indigenous to St. Louis, so I think I'd pass on that one.
0: Yeah, I would too. What about this one, Randy? The St. Louis Chupacabras. Now, you might, you might say, hey, what's that? What's a
4: chippecabra, Michelle?
0: Chippecabra. It's a legendary creature in the folklore parts of the Americas, Randy. The name comes from the animal's reported habit of attacking and drinking the blood of livestock, including goats.
4: Okay, I'm on board with that. <laughs> this is kind of like a kraken, but meaner. But meaner. Drinking the blood of animals. Okay, I like this. This is what you want your soccer team to do. And you want to have a huge banner that says, drink their blood. <laughs> or what, What's the first thing it does before it drinks their
0: blood? Uh, let me pull it back up. Stand by. Um, it has a reported yeah. habit of attacking. Attack. And then drinking the blood yeah, of it, livestock. I think
4: that'd be fun. Have a, just a banner. Attack and drink their blood.
0: All right. How about this one? This was my personal favorite. How about this one? The St. Louis Kicky McKickertons.
4: <laughs> it really does fit soccer because you do kick. And like a soccer nickname would be Kiki McKickerton. I think it's kind of too long <laughs> but i like the effort
0: your logo randy is just a shoe it's just like a, a golden boot
4: okay that'd be perfect because we use make it a bronze boot like we used to have uh the, the siue and slew the old game the kiki mckickertons some it's, i like that
0: kiki mckickertons i mean it's on brand yeah some of the other ones st louis trash pandas
4: okay that's a good one
0: the ravioli boys
4: that makes sense
0: the Trash Pandas with a picture of a raccoon, it looks like, underneath the arch here.
4: Oh, good. Okay. I wonder, you don't want to have, because you could wind up with other teams saying, make the Trash Pandas roadkill and stuff like that.
0: True. Uh, this one was my personal favorite, Luventus.
4: Oh, nice. That is a good one. And you don't even need to say say, say St. Louis, right? Just Luventus.
0: Just Luventus.
4: We've got brilliant people in this town.
0: We really do. And, you know, we might not be the Trash Pandas, but I can't wait to hear what the name is going to be, Randy. August 13th.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm disappointed that my name didn't get selected. What was yours? Trash Pandas.
0: Oh, that was that was your personal (laughs) submission, the Trash Pandas.
4: Good stuff. Thank you, Michelle. You got it, Randy. That is your Killing Me Smalls on 101 ESPN. Next up, we're going to cross things over as we head towards Scoops with Danny Mac with the one and only Dan McLaughlin. He's next on 101 ESPN. We are right back to the character and Smallman podcast on One Hundred and One ESPN. Last week, I took a trip on behalf of One Hundred and One ESPN. Trip. We went to uh, Schnooks. And uh, our friends at Budweiser and Schnooks have uh, set up a little feature on 101ESPN.com called Grilling at Home. And I bought all of the necessary ingredients to make the Traeger carrot cake, which gets talked about incessantly Mm -hmm. here on this show. It does. And I did make it, and the recipe is there on 101ESPN.com, and you get to see a video of me making it. Before I I make it, I go to Schnooks. And shop. And then I finish off the video. I'll give you a little spoiler here by saying, in uh, a little homage to Mike Shannon, there's nothing like a piece of carrot cake and a cold Budweiser. I I don't think I've ever had that combination. Maybe I did on my
7: wedding night because we had had carrot cake, as you remember. Mm -hmm. I recall. Um, It was delicious. I had many (laughs) Budweisers that night. yeah, so I probably did have that combination. <laughs> just don't remember it very well. Uh, good to see you guys. Good good see you Dan. This is Dan, by the yeah. way. Yeah.
0: I think they know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just, just, know. I'm here. Carrot cake and Budweiser. Never thought to try it, but I'm not going to knock it until I try it. That's right. It,
7: it was carrot cake. Was I love carrot cake, man.
0: Is that your favorite type of cake?
4: It is. Is yeah. that why it
0: was your wedding cake? Yeah, love that. Have I, not yeah. Made,
4: I have made you a carrot cake, have I? I got to do that. I would, is it good?
0: It's the best carrot cake I've ever had, and I'm not just saying that because. Kind of frosting,
4: here. just regular cream cheese frosting. Okay, okay. It's yeah. very you sweet. to have the cream very cheese. Good. Yeah, it's. You sure
0: about that, Michelle? It's th- ask Joey Vitale. If you don't trust my judgment, just ask Joey Vitale. He on the Blues broadcast. Randy, what did he call it?
4: Oh yeah. Uh, he called it an orgasm of your taste buds or something like that. <laughs> there you go. Let's keep it clean here. Uh, well, it is, it is. This is a natural human function for some. That, for, so anyway, some, with some the Marlin
7: situation, you know, there's some things they got to get through to, <laughs> to move on.
4: <laughs> so tonight, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think you have to give baseball some credit <laughs> we're for moving very quickly very off quickly, of that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But check out the video at 101ESPN.com. Yeah.
4: yeah. Okay. And he's he said it as a guy. I I haven't heard a female say this yet. Again, let you know the Cardinals have some good depth in their bullpen.
0: Carlos Martinez tonight, Dan.
7: Carlos is going against uh, uh Homer Bailey. Yeah. You know, I think the offense got a chance. I like some of the matchups.
4: Uh so an okay. abundance of caution is what baseball says yeah. that they were using in canceling postponing tonight's Phillies Postponement Yankees game. Yeah. Not a cancellation, and, Randy. I it's look at the schedule, Dan. Tell me if you think this makes sense with yeah. the current thirty-man roster, and you, they can do anything they want because they're in unprecedented territory. So, if, if they want to have doubleheaders the next two days, and they want to add one or two extra players, get the rosters up to thirty-one or thirty-two, they can do that. Baseball has the ability to do that. But uh, my point is, if you're going to do, if you're going to get those games in, get them in ASAP. Play back-to-back doubleheaders with the thirty-man rosters. And maybe you could. I mean,
7: the problem is, though, again, strictly baseball. So let's not talk about the idea that there's players that have a virus. Right. So the 40 man aspect of this. So you could go out and get Yasiel Puig and you could go out and get some of these guys that right now are trying to hang on and maybe have been working out and trying to catch on with the team. Have they been quarantining? Where are they with the protocols? Are they... You're talking about the Marlins here. I'm talking strictly Marlins. Okay, Okay, so I'm talking strictly Marlins at this point. So apparently four more have tested positive. The Yankees have been postponed today because they're going to be extra cautious with them not to play in in Citizens Bank Park. So they're back at it again tomorrow. Um, As I said to you guys, I, I think MLB plows forward. And after what happened yesterday, I just don't know what the breaking point is. I mean, if... I guess what we're hearing is that the Phillies have not tested positive correct, correct. so that's that's great so good sign now you got to go back to tracing and where this happened with the Marlins and were they sitting on a bus waiting for um the plane to to arrive was there a technical issue with the plane mechanical issue and all those guys were just sitting i, I who knows I mean but clearly that's something that has to get rectified now it does remind me a little bit about when summer camp 2.0 opened up when in in early july you had all those testing issues like testers mm-hmm. not showing up the testing um the results not coming back and, and teams not practicing and all of a sudden you you were like really what is going on here and we need to get this thing rectified so now it happens early in a season to where it's a wake-up call for lack of a better term to say okay now we've we've had this happen all right, what are we doing to make sure this doesn't happen again? I hate saying that it's a wake-up call because I'm sure they've gone through every possible scenario. But now that it's happened, mm-hmm. what are we doing to make sure to, to make sure it doesn't happen again?
4: I saw a picture of the Cardinal plane last night, and I know that you know this, but they basically have to wear hazmat suits on yes. the plane. Are you glad that you aren't traveling under those conditions? I... I, I, I think I'm a, be uh, miserable.
7: Look, look I, I look at it this in life. I'm a young man. This does have, have nothing to do this has nothing to do with baseball. This has everything to do with someone said to me, Dan, are you afraid to go back to work? And I said, No. I, I'm in here every day. I um and I the way I phrased it was look, I go to the grocery store, I go get my gas, I try to do everything I in my power, just like everybody else, to act responsibly. I'm not scared of the virus. I respect the virus, but mm-hmm. I have to live. And so if if that's what I have to do to go do my job, if they said, Dan, you're going to go on the road to call these games, I would do whatever they asked me to do and do it responsibly and respectfully of the virus. But if that's what I had to do to go make a living mm-hmm. for my family, that's then yeah, so be it. I, I understand
4: that part of it, but I think all of us would just hate the idea of putting a giant plastic no, lampshade over your head. No, I, if that's what you got to do, then do it.
0: I think I would prefer that. There's a lot of yeah. people that have to travel for work and aren't provided the suits. I would rather have every possible precaution no. taken and be in the suit and be separated yeah. on a private plane. I'm
4: not saying I wouldn't want to do it. I'm just saying that it'd be miserable to do it.
0: I'm I don't ready think to think just so. Zip up the suit, throw in a movie, you're good.
4: Were they in suits, like rubberized suits or something? Or? Uh, they were, it was like a uh, plastic tarp. Were they of,
7: really? Yeah. I didn't know they were going that far. I, yeah. I mean, I figured they'd be wearing gloves, masks. Maybe the the covering for what what do you call the face covering yeah the face covering yeah yeah I, I figured they'd have that I didn't know that they'd have the full body you know I've talked to some people um, that have traveled with baseball mm-hmm. and they, they've said that they have a room so th- the players go to their rooms there is uh, like almost like a ballroom that they go out they go down and get their food get on the bus and go, go to the ballpark, come back, go back to that ballroom, grab their food, go to their their hotel room, and that they are allowed to order room service and that the room service is brought to their door. It does not come into the room. Mm -hmm. Good. But they do, they're allowed to do that. They are advised, do not go out of the hotel room if at all possible. You know, no visitors, no, I mean, basically you're in your room, ballpark, bus, back to the room. It's I mean, that's what they're asking. the way it should be. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're taking every precaution they can without
0: being in a bubble. Yeah. But that's to me why what's happening with the Marlins is all the more concerning because if they are taking all of these precautions and the virus, virus was still able to infect that many members of a team so quickly, it, it does have to make you wonder if we're going to see this happen with other teams moving forward, even if everyone is very responsible. So
7: I, I guess with the trace... Of what they're trying to figure out. I don't know if there was a mechanical issue. Do you guys know was there a mechanical issue with the plane? I don't know. And so they were sitting on the tarmac maybe and on the bus. And so you know, I don't I don't know if they were taken off the bus um and allowed to stand out there. But then you're you've got FAA regulations. I mean you're not gonna be able to just stand around on a tarmac. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I again these are things that pop up in everyday life and normally like I've been on a bus, when we're in normal life, where you're sitting there for hours waiting for the plane either to arrive or there's a mechanical issue and you're sitting on the plane, which if that happens, no big deal. You're sitting there watching Netflix on your iPad or you've downloaded a movie and you're sitting there for two hours. What's the big deal? You have a dinner and you're just, okay, well, it's it stinks and we're stuck and you reading a book or whatever. You got like, nothing else cares? to do, <laughs> right? It's no big deal. But did, when you have a virus and you're confined, that's a problem. Did you ever see the documentary? And I don't know how this came about. But again, I, well, I want to clarify something. I don't know if that's how it happened. Okay, I don't know. But uh, I mean, there's all kinds of theories as to. But those are the things that you have to think
4: about with this. I, I was just the, the New York cop. That uh, was on the tarmac having a fight with the guy who was the dad from Good Times. It was just unbelievable that they and it, it was the same. What cop are you talking about? It was the same cop that was uh, that saved the Nakatomi Tower. It was uh, you talking about Bruce Willis? Officer McLean, John
7: McLean, John McLean, <laughs> yeah. It's not a Christmas movie. Let's get through that right now. Okay, it's Die Hard. Movie, Dan. Oh, I haven't seen it. But then uh, the- you haven't seen Die Hard. I told
0: you, Dan. I, there's oh my! An entire list of movies I haven't, I haven't seen. But with Die Hard, the debate about the Christmas movie mm-hmm. I find to be so annoying that I don't even want to watch it anymore.
7: You haven't seen Die Hard. I've never seen what, Die what Hard. What did we argue about the other day?
0: Uh, it was a baseball oh, movie. Oh, it the was. Natural? Uh,
7: no, the, was well, The Natural never and seen that Field of Dreams.
0: Field. I dreams but it was a long time ago
7: and you play catch with your dad
0: i have okay well then
7: then you're off you're off the hook
0: we haven't done it recently
7: (laughs) would you would you i I wonder how many people i was thinking about this the other day when when the field of dreams game happens how many people Uh in st louis or generally speaking across the country will go out and play catch with their father oh yeah be huge will you go do that with patrick uh yeah we'll go out and have a catch will you really sure
4: why not? I it's going to evoke a lot of memories He's for people. got a people. left-handed catcher's mitt. We'll drag that baby out and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, from when he was a little kid. Yeah, well, i He's a lefty. He You're is. a lefty? Yeah.
7: Me too. Okay. I, I don't throw left-handed. No, my dad was a lefty. Nice.
0: Yeah. My dad's I'm, a lefty too.
7: But I'm normal. So, you now this explains your show.
0: Yep. We're Two brilliant lefties. and creative. <laughs>
7: Two lefties. So, uh oh, Scott's a lefty too. Yeah, I'm a lefty too. See? Oh, all right. That's why there's little
4: weirdness to this. So, you have a text coming in, I uh, guess. Multiple texts to the Air Comfort Service text line. Uh, 100% a Christmas movie. Uh, you're way wrong, Danny Mac. <laughs> Die Hard is a Christmas movie no, from the no, 314. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, you so. don't blow
7: up the Nakatami building and call it Christmas.
0: Spoiler alert, Dan. Haven't seen it.
7: Ooh. Well, it just gets partially blown up and he it's saves Christmas the world. He, may have, he stepped on some glass. There's a little blood. I mean, so yeah. what? And One of the great movies. It's a... John McLean is a very nice holiday. person. Yeah, Maybe chain-smoked a little bit. I do like... Welcome the, to the
4: party, pal!
7: I do like the uh, the cop that likes donuts and That's eats Al, it. Al Powell. He's awesome. Al's awesome. Um, he eats a lot of donuts, though. Yeah. Remember, yeah. he's eating the donuts outside and yeah. probably got them from Schnucks. Yeah.
4: Um, so, again, it's a great movie. <laughs> it um, is great. And then in, it, it was in the second one that they were on the tarmac. Did you ever see Die Hard 2? Yes. Of course, when he shoots John Amos through the jet engine, yes, it was classic. Yeah, but she needs to see the first one. I know.
0: Does it hold up?
4: No, not the first okay, one's so much better. I thought tomorrow, I have like three copies because I've got like a thirtieth anniversary. I don't hard. have a DVD oh, player.
0: That's right. Remember, Randy? We've
4: All my DVDs are so
7: 2004. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, I mean, why do you need DVDs now? You, you just got download it, man. Right.
0: Download it.
4: I'm telling
7: you guys. Is downloading now out of place? No.
0: You got it on Apple TV, download a movie, buy it. You, you can download
7: it, it right? Yeah. I'm cool with doing that.
4: Of course. You download it on your
0: iPad when you travel. Definitely.
4: No, no. So, right, so cool. If you're,
5: <laughs>
0: you're cool, Dan. I,
4: I am 70-inch <laughs> big screen with home theater and the giant subwoofer, and you can't get What's that- What's a subwoofer? <laughs> that's a giant speaker that goes boom, 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 okay. boom. Okay. <laughs> Do you have stadium seating? I do.
0: Subwoofer.
4: And so with that, you lose, use a Blu-ray because you can't get that sort of sound or picture quality out of streaming. Really? No, it's uh, this the quality from a Blu-ray is unbelievable. Apparently that's how we're doing the game tonight.
7: That's what I'm told. Oh, good. Yeah. Big big screen or something. I don't know. Nice. Subwoofers. Yeah. I don't know if we have subwoofers, yeah. which I've never well, heard of.
4: I, uh, I set up Dan with, uh, uh, I'll watch the game and hear Dan's dulcet tones in a subwoofer. It's great. What is dulcet? If you get a deep. I, don't, I really don't have deep. Yeah, you do. I don't have the
7: dulcet tones, very wide. No,
0: dulcet means yeah. soothing.
7: Yeah, I think it's dulcet, more soothing. Yeah, dulcet oh.
0: tones are things that relax you.
7: Yeah.
4: Well, that too.
0: Definitely.
7: I'm yeah, I'll put you there. to sleep. That's what I tell no. people. Oh, I love you soothing. on the game. I said, sure, turn me on. I'll put you to sleep. What do we have coming up on uh, Scoops? That's his way of saying I'm out. <laughs> well, That's it's, why I, I love it. When he wants to get the hell out of here, he's like, dude, I've done three hours. We have no sports. No, get me out of here. It's coming up on 1004. Your time to brought sports, to by Clarkson yeah. Jewelers. And officially so licensed what? Rolex Maybe I don't want to stop on the crossover. If
4: you don't want to, then we're here. We're I'm game. What if I don't want to stop?
7: What if I just pick up my stuff and say, you guys got to do the next hour. You got to keep talking. You got to keep extending this thing out. And he said, um, (laughs) Ken Wilson did it. Oh baby.
4: Um, (laughs) Let's see. I've got. um, So I asked Mike, who is your starting defense tonight, Mike? And he said Pronger and McInnis, who I didn't inherit or I didn't bring in. I inherited Al McInnis, and it's not my fault. I traded for Pronger and gave away
7: Shanahan, and Shanahan became a fan favorite in the Motor City. Back with more in a moment. This is St. Louis
4: Blues Hockey. Anyway, um,
6: but there, I traded there him a night, to Hartford.
4: But, yeah, but there, there was a night where Mike Keenan and Dan and I both had good, a good relationship with Mike. Love Mike. He was great to me. Here's the thing, though. He would come in for his post-game press conference 15 minutes after the game, and the players would have to ride their exercise cycle for 55 minutes. They would have to work out before they could come into the dressing room and do interviews. He comes in after a loss one night and literally did say, well, the first thing I believe he said was, we lost the game and McKinnis and Hull who I didn't bring here, I inherited. But McKill- McInnes and Hall had a tough night. Two Hall of Famers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. face of the franchise, I, I, and I, uh,
7: I didn't bring here. And and by the way, the fan base loves him. But whatever. <laughs> and by the way, they played probably 28 minutes apiece. <laughs> right. But whatever. And they probably were yeah. like plus four. You know, yeah. whatever. But
4: that was the reason we lost.
7: Yeah. Uh, I have Dick Bremer coming up. He is a longtime voice of the Minnesota Twins, so he'll give us a breakdown on what's happening tonight with the Twins. So if you're not very familiar on the uh, the interleague play of the Minnesota Twins, we'll get into them and uh, talk a little bit about what's going on with baseball. Obviously, the, the outbreak, and there's no other way to call it. It's an outbreak with the Marlins, maybe a little bit of how it affects them. And I- I'm steadfast that baseball just moves on. I I, I have, they power they, through hey if they didn't shut it down yesterday and they have four more guys at outbreak today on the Marlins it is fascinating to see what they do from here on out right. I mean I, I I don't know what they do they obviously they call up some of the guys on the satellite squad they're are they where they're you know Jupiter is where they're training um the taxi squad and then how it affects the 40 man and then you know, do you go out and get Puig? Do you go out and get Travis I mean, I, you got, you're going to have to field a team.
4: Yeah, right. So what do they do? And do they play tomorrow? Yeah, and Michelle thought it would be fun to have Dontrell Willis pitching for him. Why not? Bring him back. Why not? Whatever. Yeah, but he lives down there. Move forward. Preston Wilson's down there, right? Preston's down there. Go get him. <laughs> yeah, so Good. Uh, by the way, one final text Uh-oh. that says, John McClain saves Christmas. That's from the 314. Well, he did that night. So. Yeah. So kind of makes it a Christmas movie. Uh,
7: All right, I'm I'm edging to fine if it's going to make people stop texting. Fine, it's a Christmas movie. It's it's up there with uh, you know it's a Wonderful Life or your favorite, which is A Christmas Story, isn't it? I love A Christmas Story. I know you. Do. Great. I just seen it. There we go. Christmas stories this, don't have that DVD. <laughs> makes me cry. I mean, but whatever. Well, you don't
0: need to. It's on TBS for like 48 hours. You're good. <laughs> makes me cry. Uh, right, great you
7: want
4: job me to go on with this by our producer engineer Scotty Manzara thanks a lot thanks Randy <laughs> forget it so uh, quick ridiculous. thing ridiculous so Danny uh, used what? to do a trivia night every year yeah. at Viani, yeah, and did. I would uh, oh, be now the, you are going to make me cry I would be the MC for the trivia night and it it was I knew the questions, we, guy gave me the questions I gave yeah,
7: you the questions and I'd finish in the top three every year yeah, I was on great. a team
4: we would usually do it right around Thanksgiving time right be the first Monday in December usually yeah and so every year there were multiple questions about a Christmas story. That's correct. And the uh, the BB gun. That's correct. Like that. You'll shoot your eye out, kid.
0: <laughs> Red fine. Rider.
4: That's right. The Red Rider. Good job. Michelle, Nicely thank you. Done.
0: Thank you. And, Thanks, Randy. See you tomorrow. Sorry. And
4: We appreciate you tuning in, texting really in and being a part of the show for Michelle and I and Scotty till tomorrow at 7 a.m. Have a great day, St. Louis. That was the character and Smallman Podcast on 101 ESPN.